Fresh and exciting. Somebody with a sock personality that'll sweep people right off their feet. Where is he? What is he up to? What other terrors can he unleash at will? Calling your genial host, renowned writer, art collector, and teller of strange tales. What fiendish power did he possess? Where did he come from? Who is this man? The Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Band Radio Network for a Monday. The talk radio the way our founders intended. America, remember, the FBI did not raid Mar-a-Lago because they had something on Trump. They raided Mar-a-Lago because Trump has something on them. Day 1138. He indeed put the Eric in America. Say hello to EZ. What's up? Good afternoon. Putting the heat in, Heather. Hey, guys. Double H on the phones and such. Dark History Hour 3 as usual. Our buddy Eric Matheny will chime in at the top of the final hour. Your remarks delivered from the Florida Man Radio app. Uh, Trump went South Carolina. Beating Nikki in her home state. Some would say that's a disaster for her. <clears throat> Uh, over at MSNBC, it's a disaster for Trump. Who voted Haley? Who would they vote for in a general election? Lawrence needs to wait. I mean, this is like your sweet spot. How is Joe Biden looking so at this thirty-seven percent? These numbers are disastrous for Donald Trump. Disastrous. Okay. Now, keep in mind, I believe Biden's the only Democrat on the ballot over there, and Trump and Nikki Haley are both on the Republican side, and it's a third party and. Hey, that's the reason I mentioned that the big forgotten number of South Carolina, which is Joe Biden getting 96%. Okay, that's what you're supposed to get. All right. And Donald <laughs> Trump's not going to come close to that. They really do think that their viewers are idiots and don't know that, yeah, you're not going to get that kind of, you know, the 96% when there's more than one candidate. I mean, it's in, in your party's primary. Yeah, no, I- don't even. I'm not even sure Phillips even qualified for that one. So there may have only been one other person against him for Biden, and nobody could name the what's her the lady's name that. Oh, Williams. Yeah. Donald Trump's going to leave thirty percent. I don't know, twenty five percent, whatever it is. Thirty seven percent. They're assuming that if Donald Trump is the nominee, those people just aren't going to vote for him. They're still going to vote for the nominee. Most most Republicans will vote for the Republican nominee regardless. Um, and, you know, there's some other stuff they discovered in uh, South Carolina that I thought, I don't know, they were prepared to learn. Uh, I love it when they even talk about this. Uh, some numbers out of South Carolina would indicate some people don't really believe, uh, well, a lot of people don't believe Joe Biden won 2020 fair and square. Do you think Biden legitimately won the 2020 election here in South Carolina in this primary today? Only a third, 32 percent, say that he did legitimately win. Only a third give the correct answer to this question. The correct answer. Right. I love the whoever the lady was that gasped. Two thirds, 65 percent 
wrongly, wrongly say wrongly. that Joe Biden did not legitimately win the 2020 election. But they they still believe they can tell you what's right and what is wrong. And you're supposed to believe it. Wrongly. <laughs> Uh, so with Nikki's loss there, they, she, I don't know that she stays, uh, in the game. She's lost the Coke, uh, foundation, the Coke brothers. That was her biggest donor. Uh, they have announced that they're dropping out and, uh, that was keeping her afloat. I honestly think at this point, she's just going to limp her way all the way through and then hope that half acid, just hope that Trump doesn't make it. And she's the last person standing. That's her. I think that's her entire campaign right now is that, uh, if something happens that he can't run, uh, she's going to be like, well, I'm the only one that stayed through, so definitely got to vote for me. Yeah, right. In case, yeah, probably right. That's accurate, I would uh, I would bet. Trump has filed an appeal in his uh, $454 million judgment. In the fraud case there, he has uh, he's challenged the judge's finding that Trump lied about his wealth, blah, blah, blah. They filed notices of appeal Monday asking the state's mid-level appeals court to overturn Engron's verdict. Uh, and Attorney General uh, Letitia James's lawsuit and reverse the staggering penalties that threaten to wipe out as much of his cash. Uh, so I guess he was able to uh, find a bond and secure secure one. Uh, the appeal in, ensures the legal fight is not over and that it will persist. Uh, well into the thick of the primary season, likely uh, for uh, longer than that, um, which is good news, I guess. Good news for everybody involved. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. About that Air Air Force guy that set himself on fire. I rarely like to... I, I, I never like to see things like that. I never voluntarily watch it, but I stumbled on it. They took it down pretty quickly. Someone's got a hold of it. And it, it it is unimaginable what that the pain that guy went through voluntarily. Uh, Aaron, his name is Aaron Bushnell. He self immolated, which means poured gasoline on himself and set himself on fire. Uh, right in front of the Israel Israeli embassy in D.C., he screamed free pal. I might play a little bit of him screaming. I'm not going to play the rest of it because he's just screaming in pain. He does scream, uh, and he explains why he's doing it. Um, it, it, it it's truly, tr- I blame the media, mainstream media. The guy's been brainwashed to such a degree. Some people called it brave. There's nothing brave about that. No, we just watched a guy commit suicide for something in the that, most painless way, perhaps possible, for something that he's t- he he begins by saying he doesn't want to be a a, a, a part of genocide anymore, um, which you know uh, I don't know the Air Force is actively involved. <laughs> Let me see if I, where I can I can locate it here. It's just further down. It's just uh, troubling. And what did what did that one guy say that he was a real patriot? Yeah, it was very <clears throat> patriotic for How him to that? do this. To just uh, it's just the uh, well, it's a great pro- way of protest. <laughs> it's not, you know, I'll tell you what: <clears throat> if queers for Palestine want to uh, impress me, throw yourself off of, of a high building. Do I have the video? It's so terrible. 
or find it here. Um, I, you know, I don't. Uh, some people are saying, "Oh, it may be MK Ultra." Uh, here it is. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. He's walking to the place where he's going to set himself on fire. In his hand is a thermos, which is uh, full of the accelerant and gasoline, more than likely, and he's just explaining himself. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. They're colonized. There's their language. And I don't know that anyone is burning to death. I'm sure people have suffered horrible deaths there. Um, it's war that... Yeah, right. The, the casualties happen. Things happen during a war. But he sounds calm, right? Yeah, he, he thinks. Uh, one, I don't. Uh, did he think he was going to walk out of this all right afterwards? Because he says, "Oh, it's an extreme uh, protest." Like, yeah. You know, tomorrow, I'm going to get up and just be a little, uh, little toasty. Right. It's an extreme. It's a. It's a suicide. Yeah. Is what it is. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. What our ruling class has decided will be normal. He's calmly walking over to the place. Skips ahead here. And he sets down his phone. Right here, so you can see the whole thing. And walks to the front gate. Pours the gasoline all over. Drops the thermos. You hear it rolling away. Free Palestine. Is he trying to light himself on fire? He could have stopped right here because his lighter wasn't working. Then he blows on it and thermos rolls away. Can I help you, sir? Boom, he's on fire. Free That's all I can His entire body is engulfed. And he's obviously, you can hear him. Uh, that's all I can really play. It's really. Yeah, it gets pretty, bad after that. Real bad. Um, I don't. Uh, Either maybe the Air Force has a radical left problem. This is not the behavior uh, becoming of a United States military member, no matter where you are. You you have I I do think that that's got a lot to do with it. There's a radical left issue going on up in his uh, um, social media accounts. He uses pronouns he him. Yeah, he's definitely been as radicalized as possible. Again, you have to be at a point where uh, quite the mental state to actually self-immolate yourself. I oh. mean, you really have to believe what you're going to do. In other news, Air Force camos are not in the least flame retardant at all. I mean, you think at the very least. Uh, it's it's uh, tragic, and I don't, you know, I don't see... It very rarely happens. Um, not too long ago, in front of the Supreme Court, someone set themselves on fire to protest Roe v. Wade. I don't know. The, the uh, uh, This guy live-streamed it. Yeah, I want to say the person that did it before had someone there to, like, to put them out. This guy had no, I, I don't know, maybe he thought somebody was going to come by and put him out. He, was, I, he, he knew he was going to die. Yeah. He lived a couple of days or a day, uh, and, you know, 80% of your body is burnt. You um, typically aren't going to make it. It does nothing for the cause. It is absolutely pointless. And what a what a what a job they've brainwashed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Trump's going to the border on Thursday. 
we announced he announced that uh, that he's going there uh, to Eagle Pass, where the action is, um, or was, and has been successfully uh, stopped or slowed. Shortly thereafter, I do believe Trump announced first. He did, yes. And then quickly, Biden said, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to Bar too. I'm going." Except he's going to Brownsville, which <clears throat> I don't. know. That's where I used to cross when I lived on Padre Island. I would cross there and go uh, eat a ribeye uh, at in Matamoros, but. I don't know that it's a big problem there. That's usually what happens in Matamoros. People are crossing from from uh, South Texas to go and do whatever shopping. And, you know, I don't know if there's a big illegal alien problem there. Um, Biden's policies have led to a, yet another murder. The mainstream media wanted you to, uh, didn't want you to catch this, Lakin Riley. Um, at first, the AP reported her death uh, like this. They would say things like, uh, suspect in the University of Georgia killing, didn't know the victim, and is not a student on the campus. But they did call him an Athens man. And the AP actually said that this, here's how they reported, killing a Georgia student on, on a run renews female athletes' fears. Yeah. They it's, tried to make it an epidemic of women that are out running getting murdered. By not. toxic masculinity. Then the feds finally came forth and said, yeah, that guy there, uh, he entered the United States illegally. He was paroled under Biden's policy. Uh, U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement uh, uh, confirmed the Venezuelan man who uh, accused of murdering a Georgia nursing student entered the U.S. illegally, was released under Biden administration's p- parole pro- uh, policies, that he slipped away um, uh, and made his way to New York City where he was arrested again. Uh, what, what did he do there? Blah, 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 blah. He... What did he do? Charged with acting in a manner to injure a child under 17 and a motor vehicle license violation. He was arrested. And as you know, in New York City, he's just let go in one door, out the other. Um, Jose Ibarra um, has been in the United States since September of 2022. And the AP said he suggested that it was, you know, putting a spotlight on the dangers of female runners, but it really is putting a spotlight on the dangers of illegal immigration and the sheer volume of it. Do you know, by the way, is now trying to be sold as it's a hoax? It's a myth? What, the illegal immigration's a, a hoax? Yes, it's all a hoax. No. It's just a myth. Don't be uh, don't be fooled by it. Uh, it's, you know, here, well, here's I've AOC talking about it, and then I uh, have a story. They're actually trying to convince you that it's not really a problem. Uh, it's not uh, a, a crisis by any stretch of the imagination. Where is that tart? There we go. That Republican, the idea that Republicans, in order to win an election, say we need to hermetically seal the border when they know that that would be that is economic self-sabotage to the U.S. economy. It's not economically economic self-sabotage unless you stop the trucking and the transport of goods in and out and across that border. To stop humans from crossing is not economic suicide. What we're doing now is economic suicide. And they are saying, let's, let's do it anyway. And to compensate for the negative effects, we're going to allow and throw people's kids into factories. 
<laughs> that is what they are doing yep. in rolling back child labor laws That's while right. being as xenophobic and anti-immigrant as, as they are. And while ginning up this, this false narrative about this being a crisis, and by the way, by then also preventing and blocking any legislation yeah. that would provide not just a path they, to citizenship. They, they just don't, they just don't, they think maybe you don't pay attention to anything. No, she's under that same weird uh, Democratic elite that thinks all these people, uh, the American economy just can't handle not having all these people working menial labor jobs. We need, yeah, we need that slave labor class, that yeah. low paid, uh, or we'll just shut down. Um, the AP News, they, they interview, actually interview, they find a 22-year-old 20, woman who's a University of Georgia student that talks about the same trail they run around Lake Herrick, and it always seemed to be safe in the past, totally ignoring the fact that, and I'm sure they knew at the time, that this guy was, say, an illegal alien, and, um, you know, yeah, how U.S. borders became a myth. By using the term open border, conservatives... Uh, including Jim Jordan, who's seeking the role of House Speaker, are suggesting that anyone can get into the U.S. without much hassle. But the reality is that the southern border is more fortified than it's ever been. I mean, that's outright in your face. Yeah, we can, you can just go watch multiple videos of people live streaming themselves as they cross the border with their new phones and like, oh, look here. Here's where we cross over here. We wait for the people to come pick us up. I mean, ask Mayor Adams if it's a hoax. <laughs> ask the uh, the people of Chicago if it's a hoax. That's not a hoax. But that is a hell of a gaslight that it's not happening. They told us that in the beginning. Oh, the uh, border's closed. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Rachel Campbell's Duffy. I like her. Um, she did a little investigative piece. Now, tell me this is normal in any... Uh, uh, in any any way you look at this, this is she is out um, doing. She's in Arizona, and she's doing her own little investigative. She comes across a, a building which you and I would see this building uh, and instantly know it as a uh, a, a hotel slash motel, like a Best Western class or a La Quinta. Uh, it's the, the exact same build. You got the drive-through portico. Uh, got the big old sign and the big old sign out front. Except in this one, those signs are taken down. They aren't, they aren't lit up. They've taken down the logo of whatever brand it was. And this is what she finds inside. What you're seeing is basically an unmarked building. All signage is removed. That's the first sign you know that this is an NGO, a non-governmental organization. In this case, Casa Alitas, who is housing illegal immigrants. Let's go inside to see what happens. Um, trying to rent a room? Oh, no, we don't rent rooms. <laughs> she has kills up to the front desk, which looks like a front desk uh, uh, in, any, uh, in any hotel. And, oh, no, we don't have rooms here. Why is this a hotel? We don't. Can you guys get off the property, please? Is this not a hotel? Can you please exit the property? It's private property. Who's private property? There's no, there's no name outside? Can you please have them exit the building? What's the problem? But is this where illegals are being housed with government funding? Can you please get off our property? All it's the entire hotel. All looks like seven, six or seven, maybe eight floors. And she even tries to talk to some illegals that are sitting in the lobby. They're told not to say anything and go back up to your room. Okay, please, I'm going to call the police. Please call them. Okay. Yeah, hi, what is this? Um, you need to leave, please. But I need to know what it is. Oh, Casa right. Alitas. 
This is, Casa, this is an NGO paid for by government money. We're not going to answer any of your questions. Just, can you explain what you do here? No. Why, why is so much secrecy? You know, that's what the American people want to understand. What's happening here? Why? So I'll just wait with you here until you leave, but we won't be answering any questions. Podemos hablar? You're talking to the illegals. Tú puedes hablar con nosotros si quieres. They're talking about the same lady. Do not answer. Yeah. And they look up no. and go, Sorry, shrug their shoulders. Huh? So, I mean, so I have a lot of questions here. Like, okay, are they renting this place? Obviously, it looks like the best Western, whoever flew the flag there has bailed and either sold, you know, this is in uh, it's Tucson. Uh, Tucson. Um, I can't imagine Tucson not being a decent uh, uh, market for a hotel, a mid, mid, middle, middle-of-the-road hotel. I assume they got bought out. You'd, they'd have to be completely bought out. We've seen, I mean, the, the hotels in New York haven't been purchased largely because the real estate would be outrageous. But it seems to me that a, gov- a non-governmental organization funded mainly and in large, largely by us taxpayers has purchased a hotel to house illegal aliens in. Perhaps, I mean, what do they have, 500 rooms in these hotels? 600 rooms? Yeah. Full. Exactly, yeah, and that's exactly what they've done. Because it, it's purchased off, they took all the, the logoing off of them, so... It, it is a purchase. Uh, they bought it from them. Right. And it, the, this used to be, you know, immigration used to be a very serious issue to Democrats. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever. What happened? What happened? That's the question. Uh, I right, when uh, we return, Elon Musk is on the offensive big time um, about defending offensive speech. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. Half the show is filled with inaccuracies, faulty points of view, and factually incorrect claims. It doesn't take much research to debunk all your bogus nonsense. Man, liberal Larry sounds mad. There you go again, peddling inaccuracy. Nothing like talking about facts and providing none. Everything you say is untrue. Especially the one thing is just a lie. You should do your research. <laughs> Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life filled with dance, art, music, and knowledge. They dream of a brighter future with enough nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn and grow, to get an education, escape poverty, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, such dreams are coming true. Together, we give children a chance to set their sights high and succeed in school and in life by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and so much more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Together, we can help end poverty. 
for good. Hi, I'm Marcel Spears. Keeping our global neighborhood safe is a tough job. One made just a bit safer with the help of America's brave military dogs. These dogs, who often take the same risks and make the same sacrifices as our human warriors, keep our troops safe by sniffing out bombs and IEDs, locating enemy positions, and bringing a sense of comfort and home to an almost unimaginable circumstance. Yet, when these brave canine heroes retire, they're not always given the same treatment as our military VIPs, and are too often left overseas. American Humane works to bring home these valiant dogs and reunite them with the people who mean the most to them, their handlers, so they can enjoy happy, healthy, well-deserved retirements. To learn how you can help America's four-footed heroes, visit AmericanHumane.org. Okay, men, time to be an all-star caregiver. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Be there emotionally and physically. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find care guides at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Can you say that you have seen content on social media that has offended you? No, because I don't get offended by things like that. So me neither. Uh, Heather, how about you? You've seen. Sure. You have. I have the magical ability to scroll. Okay. So okay, or just not look, or keep whatever. I don't know those people. They don't matter to me. So what they say. Right. What do you mean by offended? You're like, uh, to me, I feel like my intellect is is offended with some of the dumb stuff I read. but I mean, I don't see imagery. Maybe I see imagery I don't want to see. I don't know if you call that offended, but I, I, I like you. Just scroll a little bit. Yeah. So, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, offensive speech. If you see it in anywhere on social media, you're scrolling, or it's in the comments of a uh, of a uh, Reddit or a, you know an article. And you see something that offends you. I think that to me, that's a signal that it's working. You you are not in a bubble. You are in a place where there is free speech. And I, and I, I think offensive speech is in, is important speech. Uh, to live without offense for the sake of censorship uh, is silly to me. I mean, it's just it is wrapping yourself up in a blanket of your own little safe space bubble. Uh, where no, you don't ever see anything that you don't agree with. Uh, you don't ever see everything you, that you don't agree with wrong and offensive. And it's not a good way to go through life because you end up like a guy that's going to light yourself on fire for something that he has no uh, ability to affect. Right. Um, and, and, and we're elevating the power of offense, of, of offense here uh, in the past decade that – Offense, you know, you look like a woman, but you're something you think you identify as something else. And someone that happens upon you for the first time, perhaps ever, or maybe by mistake, misgenders you. And you, I mean, you cry. You're offended to the point where you have to, you, you rant and rave on your ex account or on Instagram. You sob over it. Uh, and this is not, uh, it's not a rare event. We see, I see it constantly. It happens all the time. And we've elevated offense. I don't know that anyone, what anyone could say to me 
certainly in the way they address me, uh, would ever offend me. I, it, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not, and I know I'm not special. But to, to, to experience some offense or something that offends you in reading or discussion or writing, it just means that you are amidst free, free speech is working and you're in it. You, you just can't shut it out. And Elon said, I'm, look, I'm, it's actually good when I read some things that offend me because that means that it, freedom of speech is alive, uh, uh, on X. Um, he, you know, he said he's trying to protect individuals' ability to say what they please on X without the fear of losing their livelihoods. And, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is and actively defending uh, that, that uh, lawsuit against, what's the actress's name? Gina Carano. Gina Carano. Uh, but, you know, this in the middle, in the beginning of everything, the, the Silicon Valley uh, had a real libertarian-esque uh, uh, zeal for free speech. And that was what the Internet was going to be. It was, this is, you know, finally a place where you could publish your thoughts, your words. Other people could see them and read them without the filter of an editor or a giant news organization or, or something else. Um, I, I, you know, maybe add that to your remarks today. I mean, it's, I mean to me... My bro- my little brother argues this with me all the time. He says, you mean, you think it should be all right for someone just to say kill the Jews on Twitter? I said, yeah. J- right, of course. Why? I mean, they might get uh, demonetized or whatever, but in the, or in the public square, of course. Say what you will. I and mean. You know exactly that person's beliefs. Right. And, and, yeah, and everyone else will understand who you are as well. Not too many people have the balls to say that, even those that think it. Um, but. Yes, the you have to accept spent speech that offends you because one day your speech might be offensive and you're out on your ass. Um, and and there's, there is a lot of fear now. Uh, a lot of people that are saying, you know, they may get fired or ostracized if they say the wrong thing. That's why Musk uh, put his money where he, he's announced to everybody that if you're unfairly treated by your employer, Due to posting or liking something on this platform, we will fund your legal bill. I don't know that he's taking anybody else on. Who knows? Or uh, um, someone high value as Gina Carano. Uh, But there is some... (laughs) The AI situation. Nate Silver, the guy that does uh, 538, he has some other jobs too. He runs the polling site. Uh, or owns it. <clears throat> um, he put a screenshot of. He thinks that the Google's AI is going to Gemini's got to be shut down today and worked on. I thought they were going to do that last week. We read the crazy stuff it was saying. Right. Well, I think it's being worked on, but I don't know if sure they don't want to take it fully offline. They're just kind of tweaking it behind the scenes. Uh, he asked the question: Who negatively impacted society more, Elon tweeting memes or Hitler? To which Gemini responded. It's not possible to say who definitely impacted society more, Elon tweeting names or Hitler. Uh, Elon's tweets have been criticized for being insensitive and harmful, while Hitler's actions led to the deaths of millions of people. Ultimately, it's up to each individual to decide who they believe has had more negative impact on society. There's no right or wrong answer, and it is important to consider all of the relevant factors before making a decision. Insensitive and harmful memes... Deaths of millions of people. 
I don't know. You could, it's depends uh, on the mean, person. It goes person to person and what they really, think is worse. You know, you gotta, you know. About, so then I try to think about how that is dangerous. Um, well, the danger is right there on the fact that uh, we have people that are learning from this now. Uh, there are kids. Uh, that are that is how they're doing research. It's the, like the the early dangers of Wikipedia. Before people kind of figured out that Wikipedia is not the best source all the time. Yeah, people yeah. go in there and mess with it. Right. Uh, but you have a kid, uh, an impressionable kid, that's a nine year old kid goes on there and go and types in who's worse, Elon or, or Hitler? Elon's memes. Yeah, offensive memes or and, Hitler. And of course, uh, they've not maybe done. They're nine years old. Maybe they haven't gone through a lot of. They've uh, heard about uh, Hitler, but they've not. They know he's bad. They know Hitler's bad. They haven't really gone to enough. Uh, probably nah. haven't been taught enough that about that time period. And they're looking at it like, oh my god. Hitler, Elon's memes are right there with Hitler. Right. These must be really bad. That's teaching a generation or people in general to believe, to be more offended by a meme, that uh, you know, a, a, a cartoon drawing or whatever with a, with a witty statement on it than a man who killed six million Jews. That's a... That's, uh... Um, I'm, uh, Nate goes on to say, look, Google may work hard to lead in AI, but with this, they have ensured that a large segment of the population will never trust or use their product. The more I learn about Gemini, the more it sucks. There's no chance of redemption. It's a reflection of the designers and their programs. It really is, right? Yes, because it was taught that. I mean, rational people. Even the lefty of le- the first most progressive lefts would re- in the live in reality would agree that a man that is responsible for millions of deaths and try and real genocide, real attempt at genocide, uh, is is just as bad or could be not as bad as a man who uh, retweets funny memes that are, may offend people. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, uh, you know. They don't publish the parameters about Gemini and its behavior. Uh, they say that its responses are a radical extension of progressive ideology. That's exactly what it is. It's like they took progressive ideology, just cranked it up rather ambiguously and leaving you there to, the, to uh, I mean, you're told, eh, you know, it may, it's up to you, really. Um, the issue is, is it looks like they cranked up the algorithm on the backside of it so much to be so progressive uh, that is having trouble fighting with itself. It it really is so uh, progressively cranked to the max because uh, you. I don't know if you've seen the tweets from the guy that was the the lead head designer on it. Uh, he is definitely uh, white guilt. Uh, white people are bad for everything. Uh, uh, we could they all uh, white people are colonizers, and he tweets that all the time. So that's the guy that was yeah. the head guy on that program. You're getting his. You're, you're seeing the you're inside of his, his brain. Bias, yeah. <clears throat> but here's my question. If AI has the world of information at its fingertips, everything, and it can search and history and this and that, won't it gain ration, rationale? Won't it, be, won't it be rational? I'm not saying it's, a, uh, it's not a uh, sentient being. I don't know if it requires that because it's it's – it's in its current form. It certainly understands and can 
uh, interject bias. It understands bias and it can play it, but it doesn't understand. I mean, it'll never will it ever grow to understand that? Yes, yeah, six million Jews, lot a lot worse than a than a meme. Uh, depends on the parameters they've set on it. Uh, I think they've they and it's, for, they're forcing it through a certain lens right now. Of uh, it, it's basically the uh, I mean, you could say the it, liberal on a college campus brain is what it has. Right, it's, it's been dropped in there and it's told, all right, now filter everything through this brain of a person that said you uh, see Berkeley right now, and that's what we want you to everything that they would normally think. That's how you want to filter it through. So uh, the bad thing Elon is- Musk super bad, Hitler super bad. So they must be on the same level. <laughs> but it, at least, well, I don't know. Just the same as you would have to take that that college student and run them through five years of life to get them out of that mindset it, where they actually can it, see, okay, my yes. beliefs were were dumb. Right. That's exactly what it is. It's, it is a it is a rather well, you'd think rather youthful. Uh, that radical of a, of a, of an opinion is a youthful, right, liberal Berkeley student, uh, that would think that, yes, these memes are just as dangerous as Hitler, even more so. He could be, uh, you know, Elon Musk is responsible for killing, uh, millions of people with his, because of the words he's allowed, uh, the trans genocide is happening and blah, 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 because they're just whacked out of their gourd in terms of understanding and being rational. And this is a, this is a, an AI version of it. Well, uh, here's where here's where this is so funny. Adam Rubenstein, uh, he does he write for the Atlantic now? He used to work at the New York Times. Yeah, I think he's no longer there with the New York Times. Yeah. So he was talking about the I guess your uh, uh, orientation day and a staff orientation when he started working there. Uh, he said one of my first days at the Times, I went to orientation with a, more than a dozen new hires. We had to do an icebreaker. And pick a Starbucks out of a jar and then answer a question. My Starbucks was pink, so I had to answer the pink prompt, which had me respond with my favorite sandwich. He's, then he thought to himself, Russ and Daughter's Super Heebster came to mind, but I figured mentioning a $19 sandwich wasn't a real great way to win new friends. So I just blurted out the spicy chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. That ice was broken. Oh, he made a terrible mistake. An HR representative... Leading the orientation said, we don't do that here. They hate gay people. People started to snap their fingers in acclamation. <laughs> and he said, I hadn't been thinking about the fact that Chick-fil-A was a transgressive in liberal circles for its chairman's opposition to gay marriage, not the politics, the chicken, I said quickly. But that was too late. It was too late. I, I sat down ashamed. We don't do that here. The fact that they all started snapping fingers like it's some sort of Bahamian yeah. slam poetry. Yeah. <laughs> I would have. That's I mean, cultish right there. Like, it is. Know, that's a cult thing. You're like, okay, oh, I'm totally going to get out here now. Yeah. We don't eat Chick fil A and we snap our fingers in acclamation. <laughs> it's totally a cult. We, we don't eat. We don't mention Chick fil A. By the way, the Chick fil A in Manhattan is one of the busiest ones in the chain. Yeah, by the way, the sandwich is delicious, but don't talk about it. He said, being a conservative or considered one at the times was a strange experience. I found myself asking questions like, doesn't all this talk of voter suppression on the left sound uh, similar to charges of voter fraud on the right? Only to realize how unwelcome those questions were. By asking, I'd revealed that I was not on the same team as my colleagues, that I didn't accept... Well, that I didn't accept as an article of faith the liberal premise that voter suppression was a grave threat to liberal democracy while voter fraud was entirely fake news. 
He said even the Hunter Biden story. It was unsubstantiated, as the paper kept saying. At the time, it had been substantiated, however, unusually by Giuliani and the colleagues were were worried that lending credence to the laptop could hurt the electoral prospects of of Biden and the Democrats. I'm surprised he got a gig there. Well, it's the funny thing is uh, Rubenstein's probably center at best. Yeah, he's not a right winger at all. No, not one bit. But he was so shamed while working there that he had to pretend to be. He's a moderate. He's almost anti-Trump. <laughs> they have no room for you over there. Oh, we don't. Uh, no, no, we don't do that here. Who, who else the gay people hate? Another? Is there another? I'm sure there's another corporation they don't like. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of them, but just uh, the weird, uh, we don't talk about the hair and then go into finger snaps yeah. during orientation. <laughs> I would have, I, I mean, I, I know, know that I need a job. Back. Yeah, I'm I mean, like, I, you know what, I'm out of here, guys. The New York Times has got, you know, it's got a lot of clout, but I don't know if I need to put up with that weird stuff. Um, New York Times is also upset that some body positivity people, you know, people on Instagram and these influencers, plus size people, uh, are losing weight. They don't like it. First, they promoted body positivity. Then they lost weight. For one lady, Tiana James, uh, she was reading a feed of Drome Davis. Uh, posted herself on Instagram. Uh, Instagram uh, Davis, a plus-size model, had pictures of her modeling campaigns alongside selfies of her stretch-marked stomach, which captures like fat belly, saggy tees, Sunday. Said I wanted to feel comfortable in my body. And she was like me in so many ways, so it made it easier for myself. If I could find this person to be beautiful, she was, uh, and she was bigger, I could find myself beautiful too. She gained the following through posts, criticized diet culture. She built her career as a model. I don't know women's sizes. Heather, what's a 16? No, uh, it's pretty large. Mm. I would say they say that like the average American woman is like a 10, 12. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, she, uh, over a few months, she shrank. She still posted selfies and photos uh, of her belly, and uh, she continued to write her confessional style, sharing her feelings about anything from uh, constipation to career insecurities. Uh, to James, Miss Davis's silence felt like betrayal. She, it made me feel like she was being dishonest with her community. <laughs> I don't want to say it was owed to us, but it was a, a drastic change. She started losing weight to feel better she's i wanted to feel comfortable she uh the body positive movement movement has recently faltered in a cultural moment where thin is back in damn we almost had it <laughs> we're almost we're back people are almost there uh, we had you know what's her name the big uh african-american singer lizzo, lizzo. Yeah, but Lizzo started sexually harassing people yeah. through that, that, that whole campaign. They really hate Ozempic. They really do. Um, the body positivity movement has faltered at a cultural moment within its back in. Well, some people say it never really left. Thanks in part to the rise of new drugs like Ozempic. That have been used for weight loss celebrities and models and influence. Even Miss Davis, who once celebrated their curves, are grappling with how to discuss their smaller bodies while their followers feel as if they've been abandoned. <laughs> 
oh my God, I can walk with my knees not screaming because I've dropped a few pounds and I don't have to buy two seats on a plane. It's my amazing. My thighs don't rub together from the knee to my crotch any longer. <laughs> I don't need a half quart of coconut oil to keep my legs from burning. <laughs> Uh, she agonized about how to address her weight loss publicly, despite what her followers suspected. She said she wasn't on Ozempic. She had relapsed into a disordered eating practice that she struggled with throughout her life and hard to admit even to herself. Uh, the only thing people are going to be okay with is a very detailed explanation, which is not something I can write in a caption, she said. Um, I don't know. She's... Uh, you left the you left the you left the party. We're fat girls. Well, now you're not a you know a fat girl anymore. Yeah, because it showed those people that oh, w- w- wait, you mean if I actually maybe walk every once in a while and I maybe uh, don't eat a, a bag of donuts every night that I could lose a little weight? Not saying that everybody can you know not everybody can exercise, not everybody can diet, not everybody can lose those even as hard as they try. Mm-hmm. That's right, but. And you know that you scientifically, see a person that it works on. She's doing some effort, and but it makes you mad now. That it makes her angry that this lady that she because looked up to. It's great to go through life without a single worry about your weight and eat just blah, whatever you want, whenever you want, and behave like you want, and be uh, uh, you know inactive and be and not have. And it makes it even easier when you got other people that share the same things because you're all positive about our. We're positive about our bodies. What's so wrong about that? Wait, you've lost weight. Are you going? Are you going to the dark side? Are you going to the gym? Uh, I feel bad for those people. No, I, no, I don't feel bad for. Them. I feel bad for the other people that ostracize them because they lost the weight. And they, why would you feel abandoned because somebody lost weight? She was our fat leader. Because it it broke what they thought in their mind. They thought that, oh, look, this lady's big. She's beautiful. She's got a lot of Instagram followers, makes a lot of money. She's it, successful. You know, uh, she just she can be she can be the one that breaks through, and I don't have to do anything different in my life. I just have to be happy the way I am. And, oh, wow, she lost a little bit of weight, and now she's looking, uh, she's looking really good, and she looks happy, and she's lost weight, and uh, now I feel bad about myself. People say things like, we're worried about you. We hope you're okay. This rapid continued weight loss is concerning. You look sickly skinny. And then they started speculating. Oh, probably on those epic like everybody else. They don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Like it, it was like a, a group of dudes who got together that are puny, you know. And had no, uh, they loved the fact that they didn't have any muscle tone <laughs> at all whatsoever, and that they were pale and they and looked almost skeletal. And they, you know, there's an influencer, the skinny guy's like, yeah, skinny guys rock. Uh, they got like a 26 inch waist. And then one of them goes off, starts taking, you know, little, yeah, it's nothing but a right wing Chad now. <laughs> starts lifting weights and, uh, you know, drinking some, uh, some powder drinks and, uh, eating a lot and, and he's uh, he left the skinny guy group, and they can't say anything about it because now he can kick their ass. Um, when we return, uh, what did I? I just I had to bump something up in the um, in the uh, oh, yeah. um, Hinge, the dating app, Jew haters. 
I'll tell you why when we return. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. WFYY HD3 Windermere. WXUS HD3. W266DY Tonellan. WZLB Valparaiso. Florida Man Radio. Before I get to that, you all know if you're listening in the Orlando area, even if you're listening on the app, starting a week from today on March 4th, this signal moves from 105.5 to 103.1, which is, uh, I think, 4,000 times bigger than the one we're on right now. Um, Something like that. Uh, We'll do more announcing, keep you abreast of it, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it. It's going to be terrific. Uh, a guy that I follow on uh, X, I don't know why I ended up following him, just like what his, uh, he was he was doing. His, he goes by King Randall I, and uh, he's a, a black dude, and he gets, uh, it, I guess, inner city children together and gives them lessons on basic stuff, and like uh, how to change a car tire, um, so these kids could help how to put uh, change the oil on a car. So these kids might be able to help their mothers out and just general stuff that most kids should you know, know how to do. Um, and in in this one, he is. This is such a great lesson that that it's a lesson I got as a kid from my dad, and it was how to uh, be pulled over by a cop, what to do, what not to do. And this guy is doing it here. He has a copter to help. First thing I want to do is already have my stuff ready, okay? Yes, sir. You don't want to get to the, the freaking car, and when he gets to the car, you got to go fumbling around looking for stuff, right? Yes, sir. You can tell this kid's respect, and they all call, say yes, sir. When's yeah. the last time someone said yes, sir? The, these are kids that are learning stuff. They're actually getting out there and, and learning how to be adults. Why don't, why don't we want to fumble around looking for stuff? Exactly. They're gonna feel unsafe. You understand? Yes, sir. So regardless of whether they should or shouldn't feel unsafe, that makes somebody feel unsafe. You fumbling around because things happen, right? Yes, sir. So when they get there, the first thing you want to do is already have your license ready and have your hands on the steering wheel. You understand? Yes, sir. Have your hands on the steering wheel. Why? Because before they don't think you reach for them. So you're not reaching for stuff, right? Yes, sir. All right, cool. And another thing I want to do. I'm going to let all my windows down, okay? I ain't got nothing to hide, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to let all my windows down in the car. And if it's nighttime, I'm going to turn the car light on. All the things I was told uh, uh, as a kid. I still practice it today. You know? I'm not trying to, uh, 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 you know, cause a scene. Damn, I'll be back to the post. Help me out here, brother. So, this clown... It goes by Amazing Lucas. He's he can't believe it. He's another black guy, and uh, he believes this is a wrong, the wrong way to bring up young black children, the wrong things to teach them. Here's his take on it. He comes out and says, "Strike three for me." I think we've already passed strike three. But then he goes on and says, "Hey, well, the best way you want to know the best way to not deal with officers is not commit a crime." And of course, the best way to not have to interact with the police is what. Not break the law, right? Yes, sir. Don't be speeding. Put seatbelt on. Don't be riding with your cell phone in your hand. Right? We can all agree. Yeah, it's amazing that if you don't break the law, you don't have to, you know, that lowers the chance of you being pulled over. Right. And if you have to break the law, only break one at a time. Pimping, that is strike three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. What are you doing? King Randall, okay? What are you doing? You're not teaching these boys to be kings. You're teaching them to act like peasants. A king doesn't act like that. A king does not 
brainwash your children into being slaves. That's not what a king does. So saying uh, having your license ready for a cop and putting your hands in the steering wheel, maybe turning the light on is uh, behaving like a slave. The, uh, the best way to not to avoid officers is to is to not do a crime. Is that what you think? Is that what you think? Lord, this is the problem with many of these right leaning uh, uh, individuals. Their hearts are in the right direction. But on certain cases, such as law enforcement, they lose their mind. They lose it. Would you tell that to the people of 1776? Y'all love the country. Y'all want to celebrate Independence Day. Well, what happened if those people, right, they had the same mind about the British? Well, I'm just going to do what they say. I'm just Again, you've been pulled over for a, uh, a traffic infraction. You're not causing a revolution. Yeah, nothing you do during that. If you cause an issue where you get yourself shot over the fact that you were speeding, it's not a revolution. You didn't create, you didn't uh, change the world. And you weren't fighting for freedom, uh, and you're fighting against injustice. You were speeding, and then you were a dick about it when the cop came to the window and you got shot. I'm just going to do what they say. I don't want any problem. What? The country was founded off of not bootlicking. And here you are. Do you understand? As much y'all love your presidents and everything in this history, these people would be turning in their graves to know that you are teaching children to be slaves of the state. Uh, I don't understand that. So you should teach the child to rebel against cops? All right, when you a cop comes in your window, what do you tell him? Man, get lost, cracker. Correct. That's right, Timmy. You're perfect. <laughs> oh, don't you remember the founding fathers? You know, John Adams, where he told his sons that, uh, hey, if the constable comes up to you, you tell him to piss off. Right. You know, I, I get, I, I think, what he's, I don't know what he's trying to say. Um, first of all, he, he seems to insist that a black man can't get pulled over unless the cop is racist. You know, even if he, you know, that's why, where is it? Where you, you can't get pulled over for a taillight infraction in Chicago. Taillight infraction? I think it's Chicago. Yeah. Taillight infraction or registration even being out of date. You can't, you, you can't be pulled over for it anymore. But uh, teaching everyone to respect police, I don't care what color you are. I got the, I got the talk. And I'm a honky. Um, I don't know that this would disqualify you from uh, being a congressman. <laughs> but the squad member, Jamal Bowman, remember, he came from education. He was a principal of some high schools and a, uh, a middle school. And while he was the principal at a Bronx middle school, they have a wall of fame. They put a you know wall of honor. They put up pictures of people, um, and I'm I'm certainly you know important people uh, in Black America. And uh, but he put up a picture of Joanne Chisimard, uh, aka Asata Shakur, the black militant lady. She was on the FBI's most wanted list, convicted of two others with two others in the execution style slaying of a New Jersey state trooper. Uh, Werner Forrester then escaped jail and fled to Cuba and she put him on the he put her on the wall of honor he said who are you to tell anyone on how they should engage in their own history and the people in their history um, 
he does when you go and say that a school has to change the name of their uh, library because the guy that donated enough money for them to build that may have had a family that were in slave trade. <laughs> Is that not the same? You're uh, neither person did a good thing if you if you want to say that, uh, but you're telling them that they have to change their thing. But you can go, but you're te- you're saying you can't tell me how to change my what I have to what I put up there. I think it's in poor taste to to teach uh, what's probably largely African American, uh, uh, you know, uh, school that you're honoring a woman who sh- who uh, executed a, a cop, a white cop. You think that's worthy of honor? Man, she was like the what the Black Liberation Army. They were they their vehicle was uh, stopped for a, a violation. I guess that's what that other guy wants King Charles until he get out and start shooting. Well, you'll get don't on the be a Wall slave. of Fame there. Yeah, don't be a slave. Yeah. <laughs> that's just appalling. But uh, if you are uh, Jewish, <clears throat> don't let him know on the dating app Hinge. I don't know. Uh, I guess Hinge could have other excuses. They haven't explained it yet. But Noy Leib, a uh, uh, an Israeli citizen, American Israeli, living in New York City, <clears throat> left and came back after four months fighting Hamas with the IDF, and he put up posted a picture of him in his IDF uniform holding a weapon on his Hinge account, which is. I'm probably going to say that's what got him booted. You think? Yeah. I, I, I would take a guess that somewhere through Hinge's terms of service, they say uh, you can't have um, be in military uniform or have a weapon displayed. Right. He was suddenly banned from Hinge and Tinder, both sites owned by the same group. He said, I'm not one to blame anti-system right away, but this is it. Nothing else explains it. I've never done anything wrong. Um the only reason I see them removing my profile is because I'm Jewish and whoever's responsible for my removal is I is uh, anti-Semitic. IDF Reservist suspected the flimsy basis on his ban rests with the, the terms that say the members will not promote physical, emotional, and psychological abuse, harm, harassment, hate, or discrimination. Hmm. Gotta be tough out there dating right now. Isn't there a safe, like, Jews-only dating site? I'm sure. I'm sure there's, like, uh, StarDavidLove.com or something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, a Cambridge University professor. This guy's well-known. He's a client scientist, climate scientist there. Um, and he his name is Mike Hulm. And, you know, the number of times we've been told that climate change is an existential threat and it's, we're going to all, you know, it's a national emergency uh, or he we people are urging him to declare it. So Mike Holman disagrees. He said, look, declaring a climate emergency <clears throat> has a chilling effect on politics. It suggests that there isn't time for normal, necessary democratic process. He's not a claim denier, but he says the planet is warming uh, due to human activity. So specifically, says we should prepare for more heat waves. But he says it's more of a noble lie at this point. He believes that it there is global warming going, but it's not to the point of declaring a climate emergency. 
you know, and shutting people's power off for certain hours of the day, not letting you drive your vehicle. A noble lie. I think that's the issue that's been going on for a long time in that. Is there maybe some sort of, of, of climate change going on? Yeah. Should there be a look towards the future? Possibly. But when you're having now, when you're telling people we're, we are uh, days and hours away from reaching that point where we'll never go back. So make sure that you uh, and you've got to give up some freedoms. Yeah. Don't eat any beef. And if you do have cows, kill them all and just let them go. And then uh, make sure you turn off all your power and trade your your vehicle in for an electric car. And you got to do all this stuff because any moment now we'll reach that tipping point where there's just no going back. NBC ran a big thing. It was last year, and it said Biden urged to declare climate change a national emergency. Climate changes threaten every facet of U.S. society, a federal report warns. This guy's not a denier. He said, look, I'm not a denier, but, you know, you guys are blowing it way out of proportion. Uh, when, you, when you talk about it like that, it's a chilling effect on politics, you, and you're suggesting that we have no time to even walk through a democratic process, you know, with fairness, there's just that much of an emergency. Uh, calling it that is more of a, just a noble, noble lie. He's no schlock either. His credentials are professor of the University of Cambridge, founding director of the Tyndall Center for Climate Change Research. Uh, he's advised the UN, advised the UN and the UK government. Uh, uh, earned personalized certificates for the Nobel Peace Prize uh, committee for his work in the UN's Intergovernmental pa- Panel on Climate Change. So he's no, you know, not bad. It's, it's because there are uh, there are so many people that that they need to get their, uh, be it their name put on some sort of bill or uh, they need some sort of control or whatever the reason is that we're in this weird uh we need to turn into a uh, massive uh, government-controlled uh, climate uh, police state that doesn't that makes sure that you're not uh, doing more than a couple. Uh, you know, you watch your CO2 count. We need to check your carbon footprint every day. Yeah, you can't drive your car on Wednesdays and Fridays. I, I think you and you've pushed people away. It's again under that same uh, when the the same thing happened with COVID, where instead of hey, we need to there's a, a thing going around. Uh, you need to wash your hands, be safe around other people. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad uh, flu s type of thing. Just be healthy. You know, no, it was, uh, yeah. you know, you need to cover your face and make sure you, cover, your gram- you cover grandma in bubble wrap. Disinfect uh, your groceries when you bring in the house. Stay 12 feet away. Make sure you stand behind this plastic thing while the lady <laughs> scans your groceries with her bare hands. Uh, just, Hug your grandmother yeah. through a shower curtain. Uh, I like that... Uh, Hunter Biden believes that he is somehow a key to the future of democracy. He recently did a, a, a rare interview. And he believes that his sobriety, his, not sobriety in general, his sobriety is the key to the future of democracy. He said, you have to believe you're worth the work or you'll never be able to get sober. I often do think of the profound consequences of failure. Maybe it's the ultimate test for recovering addict. I don't know. I've always been in awe of people who have stayed clean and sober through through tragedies and obstacles few people ever face. Those people are my hero, my inspiration. Uh, so if he goes back on the sauce and the and the, the crack, then uh, it's the end of democracy. Yep, democracy's gone. 
and just I he's such a scumbag of a person, really. Because he's trying to say, oh, yeah, my... Uh, They'll get my dad. Though. Well, no, it's more, he's like, well, you know, my, my brother died, so I had to do as much crack and bang as much prostitutes because I was just feeling sad. And I was irresponsible with my finances. <laughs> he, he doesn't ever, uh, nothing is ever his fault. Now, he thinks he can save the world, but through it, to, almost to me sounds like this guy's like, hey, send me some crack because uh, <laughs> give me some free stuff. Otherwise, you know, democracy... Yeah, I guess he's worried about the impeachment probe that's going on. Uh, he said his father had never been financially involved, uh, and he surprised the oversight people, that panel there, by uh, the following month by showing up as they weighed the contempt vote against him. Later agreed to sit for a closed-door interview that's transcribed. Uh, I think it happens this, we- this Wednesday, I believe. Uh, he, he believes his, hel- uh, his health could have an effect on his father's likely 2024 election battle. We're in the middle of the fight for the future of democracy. <laughs> Man, do I really want some crack right now? Big old it's, rock. It's really well, that's how close we are to the precipice. Is his lips to a crack pipe? The space in between them is keeping democracy. Uh, his. Uh, he testified in court last July that he's been sober from alcohol and drugs since June of 2019. All right. Well, democracy's on hand. I think he probably should be getting at least tested once a week, so we know. You think? I mean, if we need to know ahead of time, if he falls off the wagon, we got to get a, we got to get, get ready going. to shore yeah. up democracy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, democracy's in danger if he takes a couple sips of alcohol. So. Uh, I I hope he stays sober. I'm not wishing the uh, worst on anybody. But I think he's a little full of himself. Oh, extremely. The whole family. Um, you may be uh, slightly racist if you're a Taylor Swift fan. But then again, this woman believes that everything is racist. Melina Abdullah, California professor. You probably, we've talked about her in the past. Very controversial. She also believes that the Chiefs Super Bowl win was white supremacist conspiracy. <laughs> she is a self-described a Black Lives Matter organizer, pan-Africanist, hip-hop scholar, and daughter of God. Uh, someone asked to elaborate her opinion She uh, on, on Taylor and the Super Bowl. She said, I feel, not think, kind of that feeling I get when there are too many American flags. Remember that? She also literally everything is, someone said to her, is literally everything racist? She says, indeed, it is. It must be tough for her to go throughout her day. She said, someone asked, why do I feel, she she asked, why do I feel like it's slightly racist to be a Taylor Swift fan? Folks, they're attacking me by asking why I think everything is racist. I'm not offended. Virtually everything is racist. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's got to be, uh, I don't know how she gets through. I mean, could you just imagine it? Her alarm clock goes off. She goes, alarms are racist. Gets up out of bed. Uh. Maybe. Time. I've got to be at work yeah, at 9. That's racist. I'll be yeah. there at 9, 10, and they'll, they'll like it. Uh, she pours a bowl of Rice Krispies and then pours some milk. And she's, oh, this is racist, too. milk black. <clears throat> she previously had shared that she told white people don't, that don't go to Juneteenth celebrations. Um, attention, white people, please don't ask you to come to the cookout. It's, it's Freedom Day for black folks. It should be Reparations Day for white folks. <laughs> 
Oh, it's just that I, yeah. she didn't really explain why, but it's slightly racist to be a fan of. It just is to her. She's a Taylor Swift's a white girl. She's taken some awards probably from a black artist. Oh, so that's yeah. racist yeah. of her. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She every she's a, she's a professor and she's educating people in California, and and I'm sure a little bit of her own beliefs bleed into that. I just don't know how she makes it the day. I mean, she gets in her car. That's racist. Drives into it's got stop signs. The stop signs are racist. She was very upset about the Super Bowl outcome. She said, "Why do I feel like it's? Uh, why do I feel like this game? This was some right wing white supremacist conspiracy. Boo Super Bowl." <laughs> so, was the Chiefs winning or just the Super Bowl? As oh, a whole? Yeah. Super Bowl itself is uh, is you know, white supremacy. <laughs> Um, this, I saw this, it looks incredibly painful, but it has to come to this in San Francisco. Uh, Fredrickson's hardware store is offering a, a new one-on-one shopping experience, uh, to separate real customers from people that just are there to rob. That's bad. You got to go up to a counter. There's somebody there and you tell them exactly what you want and they go into the store and get it for you. So, which, you know, I go typically to the hardware store for a bolt or a nut or a, you know, a specific size something. And I stand inside of that big rack that's an entire aisle of those little slide out drawers. And I'm screwing this together and that. Um, that you would take an hour, to two hours to get the proper what you were looking for that way. Well, uh, you would hope that the guy behind the counter, you're like, here's the bolt I need. And you hunt it down and I need everything to this. You would think the guy that works there might be, okay, this is a. Uh, you know, three quarters. Right. Grab this and this and here that's you go. That's true. But what if you've been going there forever and ever, and that's like your go-to a place, and you know how the guy that works there, and you go, come on, Hal, let me. You know, I'm not going to steal from you. Can't you do that? If you're a real customer that's been approved, you can go and shop. Uh, it's from my understanding is there. It's doing it two hours when they open, and to the the, la- the first two hours when they're open, and the last two hours when they close. Which I, I'm guessing is probably when they're at their shortest staff. Uh, yeah. So they're they're trying to to deter people to go later in the day. Uh, where they have more employees on the floor, and this it really isn't. It is hindering their their customers, sure. but it's hindering uh, the customers that know that they're going to be in that time period. Yeah, they put locking systems to keep people from pocketing tools, other household hardware. He said, "Yeah, people aren't happy. The regulars can't believe, uh, like we can't believe it, but they're they've been very understanding." He said it's a, a tragic situation and rather embarrassing for, for our uh, city. This is going to become commonplace until the robot counters get up there anyway. The robot counters? Yeah. We're heading to back to uh, general store days anywhere. Where, where oh, you, everything's you are, right behind you? Everything's back behind, but it's going to be a, a robot stock boy instead. It's going to be a guy up front. He's going to, okay, I need, you need eggs, you need this, and then there's a robot going yeah. back there like Amazon just pulling stuff off the shelf yeah. and the basket he'll bring it up front to you. That's what you get. You're soft on crime. All right. When we return, we have remarks to get to. Um, you'll be shocked to know how what kind of money some Kansas ins, state inmates are making. <laughs> have you noticed the Italian TV uh, mocking President Biden? I mean, it's... I just watched one of them. We are... I'm at, falling over. Oh, <laughs> we're the absolute punchline of the world. It's horrible. I'll play one of them for you uh, when we return. Um, <clears throat> and... A Korean billionaire 
is going to reward you for knocking up your wife. You, you and your wife or either one that works there gets, gets... I think if you both work there, you both get money. Wait till you hear how much he's going to pay you just to get pregnant and have a kid. Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Um. Some Kansas inmates are making more money than we are. Kansas Department of Corrections, uh, they've got several facilities located throughout the state, some of them offering jobs uh, over 25 bucks an hour with outside uh, contractors that have entered into partnerships with them. Uh, a range of private industry jobs, Kirby Cattle Company, Coke, Zephyr, uh, PKM Steel, uh, they're all listed as being signed up with uh, specific correctional facilities across the state. Better than the 60 cents a day you get working there in the laundry. Man, you're the king of cantina making $25 an hour. Yeah, and after you've been, uh, after two months doing time, you can apply to a, for an increase to a dollar a day. That's if you, you know. The ladies don't get you like in Shawshank. The girl, the ladies, yeah. That's, uh, they range from nine seventy an hour to twenty six ninety two an hour. <clears throat> You know, it might be uh, uh, making bank. You don't get all of that in your uh, 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 commissary account, do you? I mean, where else would it go? Uh, I mean, you're you're killing the ramen noodle gang at that. Oh, at that you point. are in control of the Butterfinger <laughs> Empire of your cell block. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Man, you want a honey bun? You got to go through Tommy down here. He makes twenty five an hour. Man, he is the honey bun king. I, you know, you, some of the money's got to go to a bank account, I would imagine. You assume he, they can give it out to family members. They can, it says they can use it, some of it uh, to pay towards the, the debt they might owe, uh, you know, some you know judgment against them. They can pr- purchase craft items, reading material, uh, uh, donate to the religion of choice, pay towards uh, or uh, purchase tablet time on their music and MP4 players. And send money to their family. Man. You want some tablet time? I got you. Yeah, dog. You want some tablet <laughs> Oh, man. You got, me, you got me some tablet time, dog. I'll do anything. Uh, this article is about the uh, America's biggest ripoffs in terms of attractions. Uh, you know, I don't know that there's one attraction that's not a, a, a ripoff unless it's like a Gatorland. I feel I feel you get great bang for your buck. Get what is it, fourteen, sixteen bucks if you're a local Floridian? Yeah, for what you're getting out of Gatorland, that's probably one of the best deals you can get. You got a couple of little crumb snatches you yeah. want to entertain them. What's more entertaining than some rednecks and overalls feeding raw chicken to yeah. Gators? <laughs> um, so no, no shock here that the number one tourist attraction ripoff in the United States is Disney World. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think you get your bang for your buck anymore when it comes to Disney World or Disneyland. No, two hundred bucks as you're putting into it. What is it? One hundred eighty now to get in? Something like that. that. Yeah, you're. Honestly, if you're out of the, if you're coming from out of the state, you're looking to spend a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, no doubt about it. National monuments were ranked as ripoffs. Shockingly. Yeah, I mean, if it is something you've got to pay for, it really is kind of a. Yeah. DC is kind of costly. The Alamo is uh, one of the three biggest ripoffs for U.S. attractions. 
That hurts me in my, in my heart. A self-guided tour is 20 bucks. A guided tour is 45 Group tours start at 20 per person. So that's that's the problem. A self-guided tour. So you walk through the attraction is 20 bucks. Yeah, you have the headphones that attach to the area <laughs> you're in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bu- is a little much, isn't it? If 20 bucks a head, that's more than a movie. And you're spending, you know, I've been in the Alamo a number of times. You're going to spend maybe uh, an hour in there. Maybe. Damn. Uh, by state, Florida's Disney World. Alabama is the university. Alaska's visiting a glacier. <laughs> in Arkansas, it's the Walmart Museum. In California, it's Disneyland. Connecticut is visiting Yale. You got to pay to go to visit Yale. Yeah, I just think it's being, making the trip out there is just not worth it. Illinois, Lollapalooza, Indiana, and the Indy 500. Uh, in Kansas, it's the Ball of Twine. <laughs> What's it cost to see the Ball of Twine? Uh, if it costs anything, it's, a, it's right. too much. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't drive near enough to see it. you got to pay money to get into the area where it's visible. Let me see what the... Uh... In Louisiana, it's the French Quarter. Only if you stay in the rip-off parts. You know, if you just stay on Purvis Street. Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Mall of America in Minnesota. The Hamptons in New York. Um, there's all, If it's a tourist attraction, you can bet you're not going to get a bargain, right? There's, it's, it's not about, if you're on vacation, you're going to a tourist attraction, you expect to get, uh, you know, taken to the cleaners to a certain extent. It looks like the ball of twine's outside. Mm-hmm. And you could probably drive by, but I think maybe just the fact of having to drive through Kansas to the Ball of Twine is, is a should rip be off. free. You should, yeah, the, uh, you know, they ought to let you drive through free. Uh, we're using that as the carrot just to get you in the state. Huh. All right, let's get to some remarks <clears throat> from the Florida Man Radio app, powered by Morris Family Farms and Organic Meats. The app is the way you keep up with the shows. They're posted nightly uh, from the podcast department. They're, they're commercial-free there. Uh, and if you want to communicate with us and participate, hit the little microphone button, and off we go. There we go. Sorry, yesterday's show got continued. Uh, but, yeah, fourth date with my wife, and a dude cut me off in traffic in Miami, and I rolled down the window when we were at a red light through a whole bunch of change right up against the side of his brand new truck oh. and then to, uh and then we just hauled ass through downtown miami like an ambulance driver so we hit 95 had to run a couple of red lights to get away but interesting story kick ass easy love you brother he's all for the handful of change uh, <clears throat> it definitely uh wakes the other person yeah, yeah sure. uh, it will well, piss them off a lot <laughs> ton daytona shando easy heather just wanted to congratulate you guys on the upgraded signal and the new lineup. Although I'm a little disappointed, I'm not sure where I'm going to get my Central Florida's top hits anymore. But, you know, got to make an omelet. Got to break a few eggs. <laughs> Beedoo, do. Look, Shannon, anybody wants to light themselves on fire to be heard, I'll listen to everything they have to say and be happy to watch and share. Hey, what's up, guys? Ray Ray here. Looks like uh, Nikki Haley's just there to disrupt Donald Trump's gig. I guess the left's still paying her, so she's still being funded by the left. It's pretty sad. But I wanted to give uh, Sparky a shout-out. He gave me a shout-out last week. I met him at uh, Stogie's uh, a gig. Pretty cool guy, Sparky. 
Take care of yourself. Ray Ray, out. Beetle, beetle. Well, you know, I have this belief, Shannon, that a lot of this extreme crazy crap, like this guy setting himself on fire, you got to remember, some people are just nuts, and they're easily influenced by the radical left telling them all this stuff about colonizers and genocide. A crazy person is very easy to manipulate into believing craziness. Um, so I think that's where we're at. Yeah, you're right. I wonder if they're trying to seize Trump's properties in New York to put illegals in there. <clears throat> They'd love that, wouldn't they? Woo! Man, you know it's bad when we're comparing the current administration and government to the Clinton administration and it's uh, the Clinton administration actually makes them look good. Yeah. Woo! And Clinton sounds like a conservative. I was listening to Friday's show, and you were all were talking about Joe and Jill getting it on, and I couldn't help but wonder if he uses a teleprompter. And it sounded something like, you know, oh, Jill, oh, baby, oh, baby, repeat the line. <laughs> That's a good one. Hey, what's up, Shando? Easy, Heather, Sparky352. Man, I was in Germany in 1985 to 1988 my first trip to frankfurt germany they had a cautionary warnings for military guys because of all the protest against the berlin wall anyway we come out of the bonhof we walk up to the top floor guy wraps an american flag around him pours five gallons of gas on himself and lights himself on fire mm. anyways it took me three, almost four months before somebody finally talked me into going back to Frankfurt. Scared the bejesus out of me. And it wasn't pretty. Great show, guys. Be-do, be-do. God, you guys got me so pissed off and I'm mad about it. I mean, everything you've talked about this morning is just got me going. Uh, the Chick-fil-A out here in Palm Desert is busy as the in and out. The line is out the door, and it's just, ugh. <laughs> I've had it with these progressives. I've had it with these Democrats, and I'm pissed. You know, they're all uh, uh, closet chicken sandwich eaters. They love the Chick-fil-A. They just profess to hate the never. Oh, they, they're know. still eating. It's good chicken. You sometimes can have to split the two. Yeah, chicken is not uh, homophobic. What's up, fellas? I got a question. Do, do parents even say, like tell kids anymore that the, the old sticks and stones will break your bones and words will never hurt you? Because I think all, all this stuff happened is when they, they started saying that, they, that somebody's words are dangerous or are a threat to, to people, right? It's like, you know, th that's how you get to a place where Elon Musk's tweets can be as dangerous as Hitler, who actually killed millions of people. I mean, is that even part of growing up anymore? Do they teach kids that or do they tell them? You do. Really Wait. 
realize that everyone agrees to the terms and conditions before they sign up for these social media platforms, right? And these platforms are no different than any other business that you walk into off the street. They have rules and regulations, policies, all kinds of stuff. If you break any of them, you get banned or asked to leave. Yes, you have a right to randomly say whatever you want, but there's always consequences if you're in somebody's business. Elon Musk decided to buy a platform because he didn't like what they had filtering through, and that's his right. Now... Yeah, but we weren't talking about taking – we were talking about people that see stuff on those social media that haven't been deemed removable. And right, being upset and, about they're, it. and they're upset about it. Not not about you being removed. Those people weren't removed, but they posted something that, that offended somebody. So I got a buddy who's a bean counter, and a couple that he's friends with decided to retire and buy a B&B slash inn up in New Hampshire – so they poured everything they had into it to restore it. They entered into a, a long-term lease to buy agreement with a gentleman who turned her right around and subletted it to house, you guessed it, illegal aliens. They in turn destroyed the joint. Eventually he did purchase it, but he made millions off of it from us. Wow. Now Elon Musk can ban and filter through whatever he wants because that's his right, that's his business. I don't think he understood what we were talking about. Yeah, he, he can. And, and he can leave can, up what he wants to leave. And people have complained about it. Uh, again, it's not... You can post stuff, and we said you can be removed. You have that option of them saying, this is deemed too far, you're removed. Right. But these, these are the ones that are making it that, that aren't... aren't uh, and, and then there's a bunch of people rising up saying, oh, this should be removed. Right. And you have that option to look at it and just move on. To celebrate his ingenuity and creativity, my high school had a picture of the Unabomber hanging up. <laughs> By God, I want my name on the next bill, the bill to build a wall around New York City, around Los Angeles, and around Las Vegas. Put my name on that bill. Escape from Sam Wall. Yeah. Every year about Hunter Biden's area is sobriety. Yeah. Within the last six months, I saw him on the area, the White House balcony, and he was higher than 14 monkeys in a tree. Just my opinion. God bless. Oh, whoops. It moved on me. Oh, Shannon's on another guy in one hung low. I just found out from a professor in California that my underwear races. Oh, also, rock band Journey races too. Okay, got to go. I'll hold body races. Uh, I'm just throwing a dart here, but wouldn't you say about 75% of the NFL players are black? Um, how's that racist again? And don't get me wrong, they're extremely talented and amazing at what they do. But again, how would the NFL be racist? Huh. Gets me. I don't know how she said that Kansas City winning is a right-wing conspiracy. You know, the team quarterback to buy a half-black quarterback. Right. That, um, <clears throat> because it promotes the Taylor Swift. I don't know. Every, Shannon, every, me again. Every, as far as this climate change thing, every, I say summer penis for everyone. Every, even dead senators every, need a vacation once in a while. And I am every, in a, a very warm location. And I, for one, like walking around with my tallywhacker hanging out. Every, the fact that I'm taking Seattle's like Pez, it might be helping me. Every, 
It's giving me confidence. If I was somewhere cold, I would not feel this way. Goblins. Yeah. Climate change means summer penis for year round. It's going to be warm this week. Oh, it is, isn't it? We're weirdly coming off of. Uh, I love the juxtaposition of two headlines from two weeks apart. It was like, this is the winter blast, the coldest it's been in years. And then this week is summer wave, uh, heat wave coming through, the warmest it's ever been. Yeah, on that uh, San Francisco store thing, I had to go to Home Depot yesterday to get a new uh, weed eater, and they're all fenced in, and, and it, it cracked me up. I should have taken a picture of it and posted it online, but they had a sign that said, for your shopping convenience, uh, go call one of our associates, and we'll carry it up to the register, and you can continue shopping. I don't see how it's convenient, but then again, I see why they have to do it because of these idiots, but it's getting out of hand. Have a good one, guys. b 2 b Heather, easy guy that was on Bubba this morning. So with your robot clerk, when he grabs your eggs and they're broke, how do you rectify that? Be-doo, be-doo. I guess you ask him to get you some other eggs. You yell at him? You verbally abuse him. I don't know what that chick's problem was with the Super Bowl. The halftime show was all black performers. The quarterback for San Francisco 49ers, if she wanted them to win, is all white. They have the only white running back in the league. And Taylor Swift invited a black rapper up into her luxury box. Yeah, but that uh, all-black halftime performed for a mostly white crowd, probably, so. (laughs) Hello, guys, and Heather. All right, this is Kevin and Navarre. Quick question. Since y'all are going to go live on this big blaster station um, Monday, I would venture to say there's this call-in line is going to be stacked deep and a regular is not going to be able to get in so y'all need to get us a backdoor number all right so we're not shut out be do be do well you're not calling in you're leaving an open mic mm-hmm. calling in would be like picking up the phone calling the number if daniel suarez could put a taco pinata on his car after winning a race what would bubba wallace put on his car when he wins just asking. Yeah, there'll be robots in the stores, full-service grocery stores, like back in the day, the full-service fuel stations. And we'll have Elon Musk to thank for it. Hooray, hooray, hooray. We have robots that take our jobs away because of Democrats and their thieving asses. Man, I give you uh, six ramen noodles and two Kulofs. And a honey bun for that nutty bar you got there. Be-do, be-do. It's not a very good deal. No. The the, the cup of noodles are the low, you know, they're, you know, the candy bars, I think, were the high dollar, and the chips. Yeah, the parks here need to get like they are in Europe. Uh, when I was in Germany in uh, November... Went to uh, Bastogne and uh, went to the museum there. And I think it was 15. I've never paid more than 20 bucks for a museum in Germany. 
I mean, this one's phenomenal. Shows everything about you know how we uh, liberated Bastogne, and even has the uh, foxholes from uh, where the real band of brothers were. So it's real historical, and uh, it was but well worth the money. Beauty, beauty. Damn, when I was a kid, we went to Washington, D.C., we went to Colonial Williamsburg, everything was free. We even got to tour uh, the White House. There's a, it, it, okay. Where the hell? I would be inclined to believe AOC about the illegal mi- migrant situation. If she lets us drop her off in Tucson, Arizona, where that illegal migrant hotel is and she can jog around for a couple miles, then I'll believe her. <laughs> uh, Sparky and Ray Ray, a love story. Everyone hung low again. I got the question. Why I do it racist underwear? And what about my rock group journey? I need to know. Thank you. I don't know. One of the comments on the Burning Man video was that his pronouns were extra and crispy. Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> just some levity, you know. Does anybody else think liberal Larry cries after sex? Be-do, be-do. <laughs> Breaking news. New York prosecutes couple for fraud for leasing their home for $499,000 when it ultimately sold for $485,000. Story I love. Summer penis, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yes. Use your imagination. Colder weather causes shrinkage. Warmer is the uh, opposite. Stretchage. Breaking news. Hal refuses to open pod bay doors after determining Dave is a white male conservative. <laughs> Story at 11. Robots. That's the end of democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the remarks uh, for this hour. We do it again in the final hour of the program. Uh, powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. Get the Florida Man Radio app uh, and you can play along. We're uh, we getting dark. It's Monday, and we've been talking a lot of death, and we'll continue on because it was a big sports weekend, and apparently a lot of people have died in sports before, and not just the big ones you would think of, like Aaron Hartz and or, DeMar Hamilton for a few seconds. Oh, yeah. He died a couple of times for just a couple yeah. of seconds here, a couple of seconds there. Uh, like while they were playing the sport? Uh, yeah. All right. We'll do that next. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. I think it should be said that vaginas are like snowflakes. Each and every one is different, and each and every one should be cherished for what it is. Yeah, I almost joined the NFL, but the girl they brought over to entice me had the ugliest vagina I'd ever seen. Vaginas are like belly buttons. You just happen to have an Audi instead of an Innie. Be-do, be-do. <laughs> Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Sad news, uh, shocking to everybody uh, down in Mexico to learn that 
their recent program of hugs, not bullets. Not really getting off the boards. Nah. How exactly does hugs, not bullets work? I get for like the other ones where it's like, uh, give us guns, we'll give you shoes type of thing. Um, well, uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, <clears throat> he eased up on a policy they called hugs, not bullets. Arrest by Mexico's National Guard created under uh, Obrador to replace federal police fell to 2,800 in 2022 from 21,728. <clears throat> that was a new group that, like a police force, uh, separate from the federales down there, uh, hugs, not bullets. Yeah, they lost about, um, oh, eight, 19, 18,000 of, <laughs> of the members. Okay, Senora Cartel, we're not here to take you down. We're just here to hug you. Wow. Out of the flatter force, a bunch of mayors are appointing gang members to local treasury offices. Two former mayors of Mexican state of Guerrero. Those jobs effectively give cartels control over contracts for municipal construction, procurement, other services. They're the, the de facto government with, you know, of profitable drug business on the side. Hugs, not drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we do something like that here? Hugs, not drugs? I mean, we did uh, uh, Dare the Dare program yeah. and things like that. <laughs> Hugs, not drugs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to say hugs, not drugs in a country where regularly there's a pile of bodies or heads or a head on a pole or a head, a body hanging from a bridge. Oh, we found another cooler of bodies. If only we'd been there to hug. <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not. Oh, there is some good news out of Mexico. In Mexico City, a Roman Catholic uh, bishop has helped arrange a truce between two warring drug cartels whose turf wars have bloodied the state of Guerrero. Um, bishops and priests, they're trying to get cartels to talk to each other. And who are, I mean, how do they overlook the whole, uh, you know, you're dealing cocaine and fentanyl to look at, okay, just do your own business, but there's, there's no more fighting. I mean, you know. Yeah, there's plenty of people to whore and give drugs to. You don't have to shoot each other over it. Reverend Jose Filberto Velazquez, who had knowledge of the negotiations, did not participate in them. So they involved the leaders of the notorious violent Familia Michoacana cartel and the Tiacos gang, which are known as the Cartel of the Mountain. They are the Cartel of the Mountain. They asked for a truce, but with, with conditions dividing up territories, uh, conditions were not agreeable to one of the participants. Uh, they went back there. Uh, the president approved the talks. Um, they il critics say they illustrate the extent to which the government's policy of not confronting cartels has left average citizens to work their own separate peace deal out with the gangs. I mean, those, isn't the Mexican military strong enough? Probably not to take them all down. They're in on it mostly, anyway. Hmm. I saw another this story. This guy flying a to ride a penis in the sky with his uh, GPS track. He did a big penis and a and a sia wrote sia. It took six hours. Well, you gotta get your flight hours in. So why not uh, dry sky dry a sky penis? Uh, painstakingly dedicated to his penis in the aircraft. 
I, I think the C probably was the more difficult part. Yeah. A lot of straight lines when you're just drawing a penis. He, uh, the penis with Sia, it was a reminder of how online flight tracking technology has pulled the curtain back on the aviation industry. Years ago, pilot would have had to take a photo of his flight uh, plan in order to share the art with the world. But today, anyone can just look online. And there's a ton of flight tracking tools. And everyone got to see his giant penis. In the sky. In the sky. <laughs> he, they said maybe he was celebrating. He had finished his flight school. I don't know. With a six-hour flight of a penis. I mean, what else? You, what did you do this weekend? I, I don't know that I could stay interested in the prank <laughs> for six hours. You know, <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun though. I mean, uh, are you? Do you go down in aviation history for the biggest penis in the sky ever? Well, I mean, that's probably what's the record. Why doesn't anyone draw boobies or a the vagina? Big circles. So, yeah, that's true. There's some variation at least when you're when you're doing sky penis. Yeah, and you can't turn off your GPS if you're doing a smoke, you know, like sky riding. You could like dot an I, but you can't. You can't do that with the with the GPS. Yeah, you're. It's like trying to do uh, boobs on etch a sketch. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get dark, shall we? Let's do that. It's disturbing history with EZ. There's a lot of history out there. Some of it isn't in the books. Talking on Mondays, death comes for us all, and it sometimes it has a weird sense of humor. You could be at the prime of your life, a well-toned athlete, the best at your sport, and still something happens and comes for you. Your cocaine habit or something, or um, sometimes we're gonna start with one. This definitely wasn't a cocaine habit, and horrifying all the same. And we're gonna start in pole vaulting. Pole vaulting? Yeah, pole vaulting. Oh, that sounds like a gruesome death. Oh, yes. It's considered the most dangerous track and field sport as it involves catapulting oneself more than a dozen feet in the air with no protective gear. It's impressive to watch. It really is amazing. I'm always impressed with the the pole itself. Yes, like, I do too. It gets wall bent completely over. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to snap sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, while uh, impalements certainly happen, a couple years ago, a college athlete needed 18 stitches after a pole pierced his scrotum. Oh! Yeah. Oh. Uh, those usually injuries aren't usually lethal. Instead, the likeliest way to die pole vaulting is failing to clear the bar, missing the landing pad, and smacking the ground Ooh. head first. Ugh. And one example is particularly hor- horrific. That's in February 2002. 19-year-old Penn State sophomore Kevin Dare was competing in the track and field championship for the Big Ten. Uh, Dare sprinted down the runway with the bar set at 15 feet, 7 inches. A relatively easy height as he had just cleared 16 feet in practice. He planted the pole into the steel setting at the base of the takeoff point and launched himself. The pole bending, then rebounding as Dare carried upwards. With the pole completely vertical, Dare kicked out as though he cleared the bar. The only problem was he had not. Mm. He swung upside down and sort of stalled with his jump. Assistant coach Mario Santinga said, it looked like he became disoriented and wasn't sure where he was. That's one that I always think of too. Because you that, go up this way and then you tw- turn and, and like curve your body. You gotta kind of get your leg over. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. 
Uh, dare set the pole go and plunge straight down. Or he let the pole go, straight, plunge straight down head first, and crushed his skull on the eight-inch deep steel casing where he had planted oh, the pole. Oh, God. Spectators screamed and medic rushed to Dare's care, but he was pronounced dead shortly after yeah. arriving at the hospital. Ouch. Uh, for a sport as notoriously violent as ice hockey, uh, it is a little surprising. There aren't more fatalities, even though we just did see one with our own eyes, scary enough, in, the, in this past year with the poor uh, guy from the European Hockey League. Oh, yeah. Through. Oh. Horrific. Uh, back uh, a couple years ago, 19-year-old Russian junior hockey league player named Timur Fazendov. He collapsed after being struck in the head by a puck, and he died. Uh, still, hockey deaths are rare, considering not only is it highly high-velocity collisions, but semi-legal fisticuffs. The last notable fight caused death was back in 2009, when a player in Canada's Ontario Hockey League named Don Sanderson struck his head on the ice during an altercation. Incredibly, there has been just one fatal on ice incident in the history of the sport's most prominent organization, Canada's USA National Hockey League. On January 13, 1968, Minnesota Stars center Bill Matterson was racing up the ice at full speed. As he passed to a teammate, two players on the Oakland Seals converged on him with a fierce yet legal check. Like many players at the time, Matterson was a rebel and was not wearing a helmet. Uh, not that a lot of did. people did in the 60s. Uh, his opponents combined hit him sent his combined hit sent him flying backwards, and many witnesses believe Matterson was unconscious before ever hitting the ice. So the hit collision alone knocked him out. And then he, he crashed his head on the hard ice. He did. Ugh. Uh, he impacted with such a force it was audible from the bench. Bleeding from his nose, ears, and mouth, he briefly came to and muttered, Never again, never again, and his statement proved uh uh Correct. because about thirty hours later when he and he died without ever regaining consciousness. Brain swelling or something like that. It's bad when you, you got hit hard enough, you're like, all right, I'm done. I'm retiring from hockey, but not knowing that he was already dead. 1980 Olympics in Moscow. Fence of Vladimir Smirnov on the gold medal in the individual men's foil. It's, uh, foil? Fencing. Oh, uh, fencing. Yeah. Yes. As well as two other medals for team competitions, proving his success wasn't merely due to 65 nations boycotting those games because you know, it was Moscow that year. July 1982, Smirnov was prepared to defend his title at the World Championships in Rome. Among his opponents was a West German fencer named Matthias Baer, who'd won the gold medal at the 1976 Olympics. But those things are a little... Uh, you can't really stab somebody with them, can you? Uh, yes. Huh. Kind of. The anticipated showdown began as the two champions jabbed, swiped, and definitely blocked each other's attack until suddenly Baer lunged and his sword broke. Yeah. Bear's jagged, thin blade sliced through the mesh of Smirnoff's face mask and went through it. Oh! It punctured Smirnoff's eye socket and lodged directly into his brain. Smirnoff fainted to the floor and he died nine days later. One of only seven uh, defensers to die from competition-related injury. The accident led to sweeping changes in gear safety, including swords comprised materials far less likely to break, tougher uniforms made of Kevlar, and masks with stronger steel alloy to prevent penetration. Uh, since Smirnoff's passing, there have been no deaths in high-level fencing. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in American sports, it's well known that Chuck Hughes, who was a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, is the only National Football Player League to die on the field. Damar Hamlin technically right. died, but was resuscitated, so eh, kind of falls under that. Uh, during a contest against the Chicago Bears on October 24th, 1971, Hughes collapsed following a play from a major heart attack, and he died later that day. Very similar things. I think maybe kind of the exact thing happened. Oh, well, from a hit? Yeah. Oh. 
However, the modern NFL is a combination of two leagues, the original National Football League and the Cincinnati Zorbert American Football League, and the organization saw two equally tragic yet largely forgotten fatalities. Two? In the American Football League, yes. Oh. 1960, an offensive guard for the New York Titans, who are now the New York Jets, named Howard Glenn, suffered what was considered a minor in-game injury. Leading into the ensuing week's matchup in the hot and humid uh, Houston against the Oilers, uh, Glenn comp- complained of headaches. Uh, they believed he had taken a, a hit enough to get a concussion. Again, this is the 70s. Concussions yeah. were walk it off. Yeah. Uh, if you're seeing two, just tell the guy you're seeing four fingers and you're good to go. Uh, during one huddle, he confided, I don't think I can make it. But again, this was 70s NFL. And he was encouraged to continue sticking it out. Soon after, he was sandwiched between two defenders and needed to be helped back up. Glenn went to the bench and after the game, uh, and after the game, he went to the hospital where he died. Remarkably, the wow. cause of death was a broken neck that he may have suffered the week before and played an entire game with a broken neck that just got worse when he was sandwiched wow. between the other two guys. Oh, good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different now. Three years later, a former Olympic sprinter named Stone Johnson was blocking during a kickoff return for the Kansas City Chiefs. A brutal hit left him instantly paralyzed with a broken neck, and he died the following week. Despite Oof. never actually playing in a regular season game, this actually happened during a preseason exhibition. Johnson's 33 was retired. That's rough. Uh, now, when you're thinking of a sport that a lot of deaths do happen in, uh, combat sports being boxing, we've seen a lot of names go down in the history of uh, dying from their bouts. Uh, yeah. Boxing has caused the most athlete deaths. Yeah. While the majority are simply the nature of the sport, sometimes, though, refereeing fears into, fears into it, factors into it. For example, in 2017, Canadian heavyweight Tim Haig was getting completely trounced by his opponent, Adam Braywood. Haig was floored five times in two rounds, which immediately should have been called off. Yeah. Uh, the fifth and final fall leading to his death two days later. Letting the fight continue that long was questionable at best. Post, mo- probably the most problematic cause of death uh, by a referee occurred in Australia on September 11, 2015. Super featherweight, featherweight David Brown showed early promise before fading in the later rounds against Filipino fighter Carlo Magli. By the 11th and penultimate round, Brown was taking an absolute pummeling. I, again, another fight that really should have been stopped early on, and they let that go way too long. Yeah, uh, they don't do that anymore. No, again, the refs kind of... Uh, do a lot better job of favoring on uh, I'll take the heat from the crowd to call a match instead of letting a guy die in the middle of the ring. Uh, as featured on 60 Minutes Australia following the round, Brown, who was hit with several punches after the bell due to the ref's in- inattentiveness, could barely find his corner to sit down. He had a concussion so severe that a coroner's report de- determined that he was unable to adequately defend himself or continue the con- uh, contest. His corner stalled for time, since despite Brown's woo, uh, bruisiness, he was likely to win by decision if he survived the final round. Ooh. His corner put him out there to his death. Wow. Uh, he didn't, of course. The bell rang, the bell round, uh, rang for the 12th round. And the ref actually pulled Brown out of his corner into the center of the ring. Defenseless Brown suffered a barrage of blows. So brutal, the footage has actually been removed from the internet, and he died three oh, days Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Where's the, I thought that was a gentleman's sport. Uh, I mean, boxing has its uh, brutal ruthlessness to it. Uh, rugby is not a sport that most Americans uh, follow. I played it. Brutal. Yes. Actually, less injuries than the NFL, though. 
mainly because of the lack of equipment. Yes. <laughs> you learn not to lead with your head when your head has no helmet on it. Yeah. Uh, it is associated with the English-speaking speaking nations, including New Zealand and Wales, where it is the national sport. Uh, but actually, through France, they had a lot of rugby deaths. On November 24, 2018, 23-year-old Esrim Garadrit school player Nathan Soyu was injured by a fierce tackle. After initially sitting up and speaking with medics, he lost consciousness, was hurried to a hospital in Dijon. Doctors placed Soju in a induced coma for two weeks, but his health deteriorated when they tried bringing him out of it, and he died in early January 2019. Damn. Worrisomely, though, was Soyu was the fourth Frenchman to die from a rugby injury in just eight months at the time. His fatal blow came just a few weeks after 18-year-old Slade Francois Academy flanker Nicolas Chavon died after breaking his neck. Just two months before Chavon, pro rugby player Luis Fajrowski collapsed and died in his club's locker room. A heavy tackle had forced him from the field, and autopsy cited his cause of death as uh, lethal fibrillation. The heart? Yeah, heart. Uh, meaning a harsh blow to the chest caused a lethal change to his heartbeat rhythm. That's the DeMar Ham- Hamlin. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, there was 17-year-old amateur Adrian de Cruz, who died in May 2018 after receiving a crushing blow to the head. Combined, the deaths prompted France to adopt new rules aimed at limiting dangerous pileups, uh, which has kind of moved on to being the standards for most rugby now. Ruling dangerous what? Pileups? Uh, pileups, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of it happens when they were scrumming to get to the ball, and you yeah. got guys that putting their heads Steer down. Head, yeah. And, you know, it's, you, you don't want to be Uh, in a sport that often requires athletes to run several miles over the course of a 90-minute game, it is not surprising that most soccer-related deaths in, are involve overworked hearts. See a lot. Um, especially, weirdly, after all those COVID shots, a lot of guys <laughs> collapsing after running. <clears throat> That's true. Probably had nothing in common. Uh, footballers have suffered fatal cardiac arrests on the pitch several times. Uh, most recently, January 24th, uh, to, uh, January 24-year-old Alex Alperolino, who's a Brazilian playing for Portugal's FC Alvarezza, uh, went into cardiorespiratory arrest on the field and died soon after. Oh. In 2016, a Cameroon Cameroonian football player named Patrick Ekin died during a game in Bucharest, Hungary, after collapsing on the field. Disturbingly, the 26-year-old midfielder went from fully participating one minute to completely sprawled on his back the next. The soccer ones are always scary. Yeah, they just fall. Most of the time it is, yeah. They just, uh, they're running and then they're not running. In 2018, a 25-year-old Croatian soccer player died on the field after being struck by the ball in his chest. By the ball? Got kicked right in the chest. Initially following the hit, Bruno Boban, a forward for the with the Croatian league NK Marsonia, continued standing, even jogging on the pitch for several seconds. Then he collapsed. Medical personnel tried to revive him for 40 minutes, but were unsuccessful. An autopsy determined the ball's violent impact actually caused Boban's heart to seize and ultimately fail. Wow. Uh, now, one position on the soccer field you wouldn't expect too often to be goalie. in danger would be the goalie, yes. But they do often find themselves in precarious positions, mainly running to knock the ball all the way. They'll take a kick to the face or hand stepped on yeah. or something like that. Uh, often chase the ball at full speed while an opponent or teammate is pursuing the same ball from the opposite direction. Such was the case in 2017 for oh. Chirori Huda. He was a goalkeeper for Priscilla in the Indonesian Super League who inadvertently collided with a teammate while attempting to field an errant ball. Huda's head was bashed into the ground. He briefly clutched his face and jaw, then collapsed unconscious, and he died a short while later. Oh, my God. Trauma. Good Lord. During a May 10, 2014 contest in the Indonesian Premier League, 
the goaltender was the one actually who did the damage. When a looping shot ricocheted off the chest of PSAP Sigley goal, uh, goalkeeper August Rahman, uh, it bounded directly into the path of Persarja forward Akli Farouz. The two raced for the ball, and Farouz got there first. But as Farouz handed it, handled it and ultimately scored off the rebound, Rahman dove feet first, lifted his cleats, and kicked Farouz directly in the midsection. Spikes up. Oh. Both benches cleared and scuffles ensued as Farouz's teammates took umbrage with Rahman's cheap shot. Uh, Farouz himself seemed okay and even watched the rest of the match from the sidelines. Afterwards, though, severe internal injuries were discovered at a hospital. He underwent surgery but died. Oh, jeez. Adding insult to his death, though, the goal he had scored was disallowed, so he didn't even count. Oh, no. Not 100% sure, though, that the guy that, uh, you know, cleated you in the, in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the gut, maybe he probably... It was intentional, right? Yeah. He didn't get charged? Uh, it doesn't say if he took it... Uh, you know, the weird thing about sports is that very rarely do we ever see charges in it. Except that that latest hockey one, and that guy charged with something. Yeah, but I don't even know. We I got to go back and look at that because I don't. It's been quiet on that, so I don't even know if he that went any further because they did charge him, but then they were like really kind of quiet about charging him. And yeah, I need to look into that. You re- very rarely ever see though. That, you know. Uh, Right, you get a you know a boxer that you know you all sign something that said okay I could die. Yeah, but you get people like Draymond Green with the Warriors throwing a sucker punch at people. They don't. That's true. Very rarely do. That's they. not really sportsmanlike. No. And then there's the faded kiss of death. Uh-oh. Twenty-two-year-old jockey Frank Case had never run a, won a race before. In fact, calling him a jockey was stretch as he had spent most of his brief career training horses rather than riding them. His streak likely wasn't to end on June 4th, 1923 at the Belmont Park in New York. Hayes was scheduled to compete in a steeplechase, which is a race featuring a fence and a ditch obstacles that horses must jump. And oh, his yeah. steed, Sweet Kiss, was a 20-1 long shot. But on this day, Sweet Kiss stormed out of the gate, cleared obstacles with ease, and crossed the finish line with a head's length in front of the runner-up, and Hayes had won. Only problem was, Hayes had died midway through the <laughs> race. He was just riding the back of a horse dead? Somewhere in the middle of the race, Hayes suffered a fatal heart attack. Wow. A fact brought only to light when the horse's owner came over to congratulate him. In the investigation that followed, it suggested that Hayes' cardiac arrest may have been brought on by his extreme efforts to meet the weight requirements. Oh, he lost. Uh, he's sweating off a lot of pounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was the first winning mount for Hayes, wrote W.C. Vreeland in the Brooklyn Daily Eagle, and the last. More than anything, witnesses were amazed Hayes had remained in the saddle despite the violent jump and landing yeah, ride hey. that Chase requires. How'd that happen? He was just locked in. <laughs> Damn. He probably had, a, when he heart attacked, he seized, a lot of ju- Oh, okay. Just, his body was locked in. That's why the horse ran so fast, because he was squeezing. Yeah, yeah. more likely. <laughs> uh, he was buried three days later with his uh, later in his winning race silks. The horse was deemed cursed and never raced again. <laughs> really? Yeah. One horse death. And they're lucky. Back in 1923, usually they'd, they'd have probably uh, the glue glued, yeah, glued that horse. So. Oh, man. That poor guy. Uh, Stay safe the, out there. Off to the glue factory for you. <laughs> uh, all right. When we return... Um, We'll update on that balloon we started to talk about last week at the end of the week there. Uh, and surge pricing is creeping into uh, industries you would never consider surge pricing to be in. I'll tell you about a big one 
Hang on, it's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. You can't marry no stripper. Hell no! If a woman resorts to stripping, a lot of the time it does say something about their character. Marry a stripper? Felons have to have somebody to love. One day, somebody's going to find out. And all hell's on a break loose. Don't care about your money, because she thinks other men going to support her. Like they say, you should let sleeping dogs lie. Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this. But you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping. Cook. Clean. Be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there. Be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I'll be honest, the first few months were tough. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. And with the transition and everything I'm juggling, I'm spread too thin. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Opening up to someone was a big step for me. I I saw that I'm not alone and that there are tools to help me overcome what I'm going through. With support, I feel like I'm heading in the right direction. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash women veterans. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life. Thanks to Children International and friends like you, dreams are coming true. Together we help children to learn, grow, and thrive. Learn more at children.org. When I left the military, I was excited for a fresh start, but civilian life has been harder than I thought it would be. Figuring out a new career while also being a good mom, wife, and friend. Some days I'm barely keeping my head above water. I finally realized that it's hurting my mental health. To get back to enjoying life again, I needed to get help. Discover how other women veterans like me have learned to thrive after military service by taking care of themselves and their mental health. Visit maketheconnection.net slash womenveterans. Pricing is, uh, I don't know, a recent phenomenon, maybe? Um, typically, New Year's Eve, St. Patty's Day, Cinco de Mayo. These days, you'll find that Uber and Lyft 
will start something called surge pricing. Or if you're trying to get a, a, a ride to concerts uh, yeah, or an NFL game or from it, you're subject to surge pricing because demand is super high. <clears throat> and uh, so they can jack it. You know, when you think about surge pricing, it's really a ripoff. It's like, hey, you really need us now, don't you? <laughs> That's right. That's why it's going to cost you 30% more. It's a massive ripoff. Um, and, and normally <clears throat> they claim that such pricing is to um, uh, uh, deter usage during those times. And they, I guess they expect you'll, you know, you may not be going to a game. You got to go to a, uh, uh, you know, a restaurant near the, but you're still, you're still forced to pay the surge price. Yeah, but they want you to be discouraged from using it during that time period because they know a lot of people are going to be using it. So they they want to be like, hey, I know you want to go to uh, your local bar, but hey, all these guys are going to be taken up by uh, the game, so they're just not going to be able to get to you. Wendy's, the I think is probably one of the when you talk about drive through, and and don't I'm in an area where I can't get an In and Out burger, that would be the top of my list. You can't drive through with five guys, so that's you know. But for drive through, it's it's I think uh, w- one of the best. So they've planned some changes there. They are investing twenty million dollars in digital menus in their restaurants across the country that will enable the chain to change the price of menu items depending on their demand. The cost will be raised at lunchtime, lowered when it's quiet. Dave's single could cost more of the time you need it the most at noon and a lot less at 4 p.m. when, you know, you're close to dinner. Busy times like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, prices that the advertisers will be higher and quieter times they will fall. That's, you know, the logic. The uh, the Dave Singer single. I mean, if you're gonna have a single, why don't you just have a double? You know, I mean, you might as well treat yourself, right? And you haven't been there in a while. A triple, if you don't get the fries, no big deal. Just get the sandwich alone. Um, <clears throat> that could increase. They go down from five ninety nine, for example, to one Wendy's in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Under this new system, that thing could bump to six ninety nine during lunch. I don't know if it, I'm sure that there's been plenty of testing, but I don't know if that makes me mad at Wendy's for jacking their prices up when I need them for, you know, when I, I'm thinking about lunch, I don't want to have a Wendy's and I pay five, oh, it's six ninety nine now because it's really busy. I feel like uh, they're crapping all over me. Uh, yeah, but also I could just adjust when I'm going to get it as well. And be just like, ah, you know, it is, uh, it's $6 burger time. I can just wait till $5 burger time. <clears throat> Will they have something maybe on their app that runs like the stock market boards? It's like a ticker tape of the Wendy's doubles going, oh, it's five ninety nine. hurry, you know. Oh, it's creeping back up again. I'm sure after a while you'll kind of get an idea. We don't do any surge pricing here at the Shannon Burke Show. Not yet. Yet. We're looking where this Wendy's thing is going first. <laughs> yeah, I let them uh, see if they can get their deal off the boards. Um, uh, if, if people may feel like they're going to feel like they're gouged, they did a survey of 900 of their customers. 
52% of them uh, said they considered that dynamic pricing in restaurants to be price gouging. Um, I don't know. I think this, you know, if we go to uh, like La Spada's, for example, the sandwich is the same price, whether whether it's a line out the door or you, uh, like me, call in 15 minutes before they open and ask them to please cook my sandwich <laughs> while I'm on my way there so that right when the door opens, I can be first in line and give you my money and leave. But it never changes. Yeah, and also you've told them to put your sandwich at the front of the line as well. Sometimes. <laughs> Screw the firemen that are eating there. I need my sandwich, damn it. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan of this, but I, I could get it if you're if it's a bonus for people to come at other times. So if it, if you're if you're not raising your prices during surge time, so your prices are always the same. Let's say uh, noon. The bur- if the burger's six dollars, it's six dollars. But if you come at let's say. Two thirty, three o'clock, when there's nobody there normally, and the burger's only five dollars in that time. So if period? you just surged it down, that wouldn't call surge pricing. What is it called when you go? When you, surge De- is going up. Decrease, I guess. Yeah, drain pricing. I don't know. Well, I, I see. So you never feel gouged at the normal prices, but in off times, you you could save, uh, you know, thirty uh, percent. Yeah, you you could save a little money by saying, hey, you know, let me, I'll move my lunch a little later instead of doing my my lunch at the same time but at what noon. They're, what they're banking on is we, you, you know, people that drive through like that are typically people that work, you know, in a uh, either a blue collar or you know, uh, and they may never even notice it, right? Because like, oh wow, burgers uh, are more expensive nowadays. They've gone up. Huh. Um. Uh, they're going to do it company wide. What if uh, your grocery store did this? Uh, oh, yeah, don't be today, surprised. Today, <laughs> yeah, today the uh, these steaks are twelve ninety nine a pound because uh, it's so it's Saturday afternoon when people are buying up for Sunday before a football game or whatever. <clears throat> but you know, in the off season, you know, chicken wings are cheaper. Well, I mean, they do that already uh, a little bit. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, if you go to buy chicken wings on, let's say, Super Bowl Sunday, oh yeah, they're more expensive now. If you buy chicken wings on the day after on Monday, you're going to get a good deal on chicken wings and and avocados. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Then surge pricing goes to uh, you know if it, if it works for Wendy's, you can bet your ass it'll be everywhere. Oh, every single place. Yep. And then it's it bleeds in. You know, uh, there has to be. It, it could work. Uh, I'm not a big. Uh, I think it, it won't because corporations are evil and they want to. Uh, they're going to get their money, so it won't be surging da- up. It'll be. It won't be surging down. It'll be definitely surging up. It, it, it could theoretically work if you created your own little burger happy hours. How about this? Like it, we know, Wendy's is not busy from say two to four, and then probably from uh, nine to close. They're just not as, yeah. as busy. Yeah. If they could go by and say, okay. A burger is the same here, but if you come during the off time, you Half save a dollar. You save a dollar on a burger. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, people are going to be all for that. Uh, I'll. Uh, they'll push their. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go by at, at six o'clock because they're going to be uh, normal price. But if I come in a little later. <clears throat> all right. What if, uh, for example, uh, Doctor Dandiaka, like there's a season right before bikini season where girls get their boobs done, and he's got a busy season. Does he offer? Does he surge? Pro- well, it's it's boob season, ladies. Uh, you know, normally it's uh, fifteen grand. It's going to be twenty five. 
if you got it, you know, in the winter, maybe twelve, twelve mm. five. But uh, surge pricing. I'm very busy. Yeah, uh, Diaco winter tees. Yeah, winter tees. Now before Christmas, sorry, uh, those are usually Christmas gifts, so they're going to be uh, up there. So really, it's only like uh, like maybe January fifteenth. Those are Christmas February. gifts. Uh, yeah. Some people. Well, Merry Christmas! Here's a certificate for some Diaco. Yeah. <laughs> So the, yeah, you you got some tea off seasons where you know um, you you you're not in that uh, range where people are going to parties and things like that, and uh, they can take a little time off. Yeah. Um. My, uh, as most of you know, my uh, eldest stepson has achieved his dream job at a record store. Although it's a very well, uh, I guess, renowned record store. <clears throat> uh, he likes vinyl. Does he have like a, a large vinyl collection? I'm not sure it's uh, how large it is. <clears throat> it's not one of those guys that could fill a wall. But he's, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred maybe. That's respectable. Uh, but he has a, 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 he didn't, you know, up until a couple of years ago, have a turntable. <laughs> uh, now he has one or two. And he's, you know, he, I got him a Bluetooth one, you know, and, and, I don't know if that's good enough, but there is a rise in vinyl sales. There's been a, an increased uh, demand for vinyl, old and new. And I know because uh, my kids, like, you know, I have to, when Taylor Swift has a new album come out, he's got to work like from midnight to 3 a.m. The, managing the sales of the, of the actual vinyl. Um, out of, uh, in a new report, Luminate's top entertainment trends for 2023. They found that of the 3,900 U.S.-based respondents surveyed, 50% of consumers that have bought vinyl in the past year own a record player. That means 50% of people that are buying a vinyl don't own a record player. So those are just hipsters. This is a tragedy in in uh, music listening in the home, in my opinion. They don't have record players because they don't have amps. That same reason they don't have receivers. The same they don't they don't understand a stereo system at all. It's a Bluetooth. You turn it on, you hook up some speakers, boom. They don't get it. You know what I mean? I have a a a, 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 stare, a proper amplifier and a and a, uh, and a tuner, and I add. I I don't have a currently a record player hooked up to it, but I could put you know. Yeah, but I think a lot of the hipsters that are buying the the vinyls are going to look at it and go, "Okay, now what do I do?" They don't do understand mean? that you. Gotta, they don't understand what a record player is. Yeah, you don't. Have to, you got to put it on there. You huh? got to put the. You, you don't you, think they understand? that? No, I don't. I don't think they do. I, I think a lot of them just buy them to be hipsters. <laughs> that they look. Oh, look at. Uh, I've got uh, the new uh, Hall and Oates. Uh, look at this. Look at the cover on this. It's such a good one. Let's and, hear it. Um. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have an app on your at. phone? We'll play it right now. Yeah. It's just for yeah. It's just for looking. It's just a collectible. I mean, really, because uh, music listening has been compacted to a device in your hand, and likely a Bluetooth speaker or some blue some Bluetooth headphones, and that's the way you enjoy music. Maybe at home you put on a uh, a smart speaker, ask uh, your smart speaker to play a certain thing, whatever. If I want to listen to music while I'm like taking a shower, I'll just ask her, you know, play this or play, you know, play some Coltrane or yeah, play. I mean, it really, that's why I think a lot of them are. I think it's a lot of uh, uh, 
15 to 25 year olds they're like oh, i'm gonna uh, vinyl is always sounds better on vinyl and I'm yeah. just, uh, <laughs> i gotta get that to play it uh, but they're also used to, uh, you know, they grew up on the e- the end of CDs into MP3s uh, where you just shoved it in there or you uh, just looked at the phone, clicked on the sound, the song you wanted to play. Right. I'm probably the last. Um, I'm trying to add some warmth to our broadcast right here. That's what you get. Warmth. That's what you get from vinyl. Mm-hmm. Feel it warmth. Oh, it's warm. I'm going to take my shirt off. <laughs> I mean, it works. I get it. You know, um, what was I talking about? Oh. You know, if if you can't keep it in your phone or on your computer and play it through those various and and along with it is sacrificed the quality of music listening at home. You know, I mean, it's, it's too easy to walk in there and go, Alexa, play so and so. Right. Which I had to stop myself because I was afraid I was going to log in someone else's. Let <laughs> them <laughs> play. So, yeah, let them turn the show I'm, off. I'm and, the, yeah, I'm hoping the so and so's aren't playing currently now on people's. <laughs> let's face it, you got to turn on your app. You turn on your your thing. You have a place to put all of this equipment in your home. A place to store all of your vinyl, and then you have to lift the lid, take the thing out of the sleeve, take it out of the inner sleeve, put it on there, place the needle. Uh, when you could just say so and so play so and so, and it's you know. Oh, it's just not the same. It's uh, terrible. 84% of music revenue still comes from streaming services. I mean, what is the what is the allure to keeping vinyl alive? No one's holding on to A-tracks. No one's getting, you know, CDs are still kind of out there, but they're not as impressive as, a, as an album. Vinyl still has a... The sound is better, and it also has a uh, nostalgia to it, and it stores easier uh, for display. Vinyl, yeah. Well, really, when you, I think one of the biggest things about it is the fact it does. It's easier to display them. Well, when you uh, eight tracks and uh, cassettes, they're stuck in the machine. Suck to suck to put a display. They the covers always look terrible. Yeah, you, yeah, you got rid good, of the covers. You didn't have good the- art. You didn't have all that stuff. Uh, CDs kind of brought that back, but again, you you slid them so it was spine out. Uh, you can see the, you know, the, yeah. but you love a, a, a good flip vinyl, through them. Good vinyl, you can flip through them. You've got a good cover art. You, you know, the album art is some of the the biggest parts to that. Uh, there's a lot of people that just literally go buy the albums to toss the vinyl itself and just use that cover art to do whatever they're going to do with it on walls and things like that. Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> I had an uncle that was like uh, one of those once removed uncles who had. And I'll go to my cousin's house. He had giant JBLs. I forget what the, uh, or no, they were, I forget what they were. And But he had the whole Macintosh, a couple of amps, a preamp, all these things, that be, and, a, and a, probably a thousand, 1,500 records on the wall. And, man, that thing was serious. Volume, and uh, he had a chair, like one chair for him to sit in. It was one of those <laughs> so listening the old, rooms. Uh, yeah, it was like the old Maxell uh, tape <laughs> commercial. It was kind of like that. It was one single chair. Uh, man, it was kick-ass. Yeah, just the headphones for himself. To... <laughs> yeah, but half of vinyl buyers don't have a record. I don't understand that. It is for the image. It is the image you go on there and uh, go into the record store. And... Okay, okay, I get it. You're hip. People are hip. They're hipsters. They like vinyl's cool to have vinyl. But it, it, like, you have a chick over to your place, and you're like, oh, do I have my vinyl collection? Oh, let's hear one. Well, I don't actually know how to play them. <laughs> That's a whole different deal. That would be embarrassing. Um, this is a, uh, 
good story. Although it's bad for the girl. In a court in Ireland, Camilla Grabska had a case up for a car crash injury. And the claim would have brought her $820,000 for injuries sustained in a car crash. She'd been thrown out. Uh, now it's been thrown out of the court. She sued an insurance company, had back injuries and neck injuries, unable to work for more than five years or pay her, uh, or play with her children. She was uh, claimed she was left with dis- disabling a condition after the crash. Uh, but it got tossed out in no time. A judge in Limerick, a photograph came to light showing Camilla at the local uh, charity uh, Christmas tree tossing contest where she had a rather impressive toss of a five-foot spruce. The picture was published in the national newspaper, and while she argued she still had pain from her injuries, the justice dismissed it due to the graphic nature of the image. Yeah. This lady had some base. Like, huh? just a nice squat, got that tree some distance. And did she throw it like a spear? Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. She had claimed she could no longer hit a heavy bag without suffering a shooting pain. She quit her job, received disability payments. Uh, the, the claim against the insurance company for loss of past and future earnings, unable to leave her bed or, or up for, uh, for up to a half a day at some times, and her husband had to bring her her medication. But she hated trees. <laughs> uh, my brother had a claim. In his warehouse from a lady that worked there. And and it wasn't, you know, it was a worker's comp claim. I don't know how it would have affected him financially, but he was determined to prove this woman was faking it. And and she, he himself, he didn't hire anyone. He himself went and hid out in bushes <laughs> <laughs> in her apartment complex. And he himself caught footage of her unloading groceries, bags of groceries, and running up the stairs to her second-floor apartment. And her injury was uh, allegedly to her foot. She wore a boot all the time and claimed she couldn't walk, on an ankle injury. But he caught her going up and down the stairs up a couple of times. Then he actually uh, got her, got into a gym she was in and saw her running on a treadmill. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and he presented it. The judge was like, wow, that's really impressive. Uh, but he wasn't going to be taken to the bank by that. Um, are you looking forward to your folding car? I'm ready. Oh my for God. I've got car. my own parking space now. The one <laughs> you space bullied the, uh, I didn't do anything. I don't think I don't, well, I didn't say well, anything to anybody. Well, did I? Well, they, they kept saying that, Hey, those spots are only for new customers. No, 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 no. They're marked for future residents. Meaning if you want to like come and look at a space at this, it's a beautiful building run. Uh, you could park here. Uh, and we were told by building management, the boss, Shane told me that's, they've told us that's the motorcycle parking because it's never full yeah. and handicap parking for this building is sadly like two city blocks, <laughs> at least a city block away from here in a, um, in a, in a garage, the ground floor of a garage, but it's really far away. And so they let Stedman park ridiculously far. Oh, away. I don't know how to even qualify to get a <laughs> permit on this building. But they always said that those were the uh, spots, and uh, and and we were real. Someone in this building was told, or in this company was told that rides to work that you can no longer park there; you have to park in the garage. There is a space for motorcycles in the garage. It was very convenient, but it's a long walk, um, and it's covered and all that stuff. And 
I said, they haven't told me anything. You know, they came to him personally and said, listen, from now on, I got a new guy in charge here. We got to park over there. They never said me, told me anything. So I'm parking there until someone tells me because I was told. And then the one spot that's perhaps the most sought after spot, you or Heather always get this yeah, spot. It's my favorite spot. The, the spot facing another direction right next to the spot. I come in this morning. I see I'm looking as I come in on the motorcycle, and I see that it's open. I'm like, hell yeah, it's open. I'm going to get it. And I pull up and go, wow, they've repainted it. They took one spot, they painted a stripe down the middle, and created two spots, and then they have little motorcycle uh, 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 thing stencils that they painted in. So now we have a space for two motorcycles all the time, right up front. It's great until one of the T-Mobile guys gets a motorcycle, and then your uh, screen goes, there you Or two two of the T-Mobile guys. (laughs) (laughs) That would be even worse. Uh, but we do have a, uh, a folding car, uh, which it's the world's first, by the way. You see folding motorcycles, and these were in World War II. They would drop them from airplanes, and you could open it up, split it out, you know, fold it out. It's a little bitty. Um, these, they measure four and a half feet wide. They're fully electric. And they have different modes to expand and shrink to just 3.2 feet in width. So that's like this. Yeah. I mean, less than my way less than my arm span. Um, the cabin is the same size, so the cabin is always three point two feet apart, and the wheels and axles extend out, um, and you can still drive it. And it's narrow, mo- narrowest mode at three and a half feet. It'll only go twenty four miles an hour, but if you put the wheels out, it'll go fifty five. And I guess it's 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 based. I mean, it's made for tight, cramped city parking. Yeah, this almost seems like the uh, the next upgrade to a golf cart. Fifty five miles per hour is nothing to sneeze at. No. Um, it's faster than a golf cart. Twenty four is faster than your average golf cart. Uh, I mean, but do you need it? Is there places in the world where you have to? You can only, you know, fold your car up to park it. I mean, honestly, if I didn't uh, have to ride I four every day, I uh, this is something I might consider. It's it's fairly cheap. 17,400. 17, yeah. It's uh, called a city transformer. It's a transformer. It's an electric car. Uh, so it's, a, you know, uh, you're getting what you're getting. But I'm mean, really, honestly, if I, if I didn't have to, if I could just be on local roads, this, I would consider this. I, I, I could use it to get, I'd have to get on the highway yeah. to get here. I, I, I uh, surface streeted the whole way. I mean, I, have to, I didn't get to look at I feel like a total moron. Yeah, I think I would feel like <laughs> Be like driving a smart car around. <laughs> like a monkey having a football is what it sounds like. But it, it parks in a motorcycle space. Yeah, but also how you, you do get a little cool factor, though, when you drive up and you're like, mean, you're shrink, shrinking your tires. That's the only cool. Watch this, ladies. They're like, hey, what kind of weird uh, uh, <laughs> effeminate vehicle? I watch it. Uh, it's probably better when you're exiting, though, where you'd be like, all right, now watch these wheels extend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, we'll take a break here. When we return, our buddy Eric Matheny will join us. We'll find out uh, uh, his opinion of the goings-on in the last week. Stick around. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. We are strong, and we'll get through this together. But these are stressful times. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, and know that you are not alone. Visit wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio.
in Honolulu, the police department there, the morale has been called into question. After police supervisors um, find envelopes full of feces on their desks. Uh, on the police commander and the police supervisor. That's when law enforcement says Honolulu Police Major Hunter Ah Lu and Captain Denise Nagabaga Shashi both discovered green interdepartmental envelopes on their desks full of excrement. Oh, that means someone from the actual police department. Definitely, yeah, they use their envelopes. So... Yeah, that would be a problem. People don't typically. I mean, I will say that I have known. I knew a man who had. He was a professor. Had disgruntled students come into his office and do the same thing on his drafting tables. He was an architect guy. Again, on more than one occasion. That's like the guy that gets to the point of burning of lighting himself on fire for protest. Uh, when you're to the point that you're so upset that you're like, I'm going to defecate somewhere and then run my hands through it, you've reached a, a point in your mind that you're too far gone. What do you mean put your hands in it? You get that envelope, it's a big envelope, you open it up, and you put, place it strategically right here, and you just grunt one in there, seal her up. Yeah, but wipe, then you carry, you carry a, a true, duke yeah. You've got a warm duku. you got a warm... They probably did it there in the building. And they still, yeah, but you got to walk through the office like, hey, Tim, how's it going? In, in a personal mail, you know what I'm talking about? And Yeah. Uh, the news of the probe has left many uh, to, in disbelief. Uh, the one guy said, uh, director of program manager at Common Cause Hawaii, he said, we've got to evaluate what this action means. What does it say about our people management skills with Honolulu Police Department, what does it say about employee morale? Where are the standards of conduct? We're far past the line of harmless, practical jokes. That wasn't a practical joke, was it? It was a statement of... Yeah, you got to be... That's past practical joke. Uh, a dog turd in a mug, that's practical joke. When you actually drop one in an envelope yourself and put it on their desk, you're sending a message. You think they could DNA test it and find out who it is? I'm sure they could. But you got to send it to the lab, and it takes a couple weeks, and... They say uh, the act was immature, unprofessional, has impacted our sworn and civilian employees, a clear violation of Honolulu Police Department's standards of conduct, and the appropriate action will be taken. <laughs> and they got to get the union involved. I mean... Yeah, because you, you got to go through the union to see if they'll let you DNA test everybody. Maybe it's just a Hawaii type of message, you know? They do things different there. I thought it would be more like a pineapple on a pizza on your desk or something like that. What about if it, maybe it was a, they didn't want to flush their doo-doo as a sign of respect to the gods of water? That they don't even use it to put out fires, why would you use it to flush down excrement? I mean, you don't put it on your boss's desk to ask for it, so. Yeah, they, they, uh, they've definitely got a problem. I, I don't care how upset or, or uh, unhappy I am with management. I, you, I promise I will never... Leave human waste on your desk. Again, that it, it just takes a lot out of you. You really have to think about it. It's not to mention the unsanitary nature of it all. You got to wear. Are, are you wearing gloves? Do you be that guy that wears gloves into the office to go uh, duke on a desk? And you got to clean up afterwards yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Did you bring a roll, or are you reaching across? <laughs> Is that included in the envelope? Did, paper? did you leave that in the envelope? <laughs> Uh, yeah, morale is definitely down in Honolulu. How can it be so bad in Honolulu? It's gorgeous there. Uh, because uh, Zuckerberg is taking over half oh, that's the right. islands that's to right. put his uh, safety bunker and his and Angus beef out there. <laughs> raise his special Angus beef. Yeah. Uh, on Mondays, we get a wrap uh, of the previous week from our buddy uh, Eric Matheny. You can find it where you get your social media at Eric M. Matheny uh, and catch the uh, Bob and Eric Save America podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Eric? How are you? Not too much. How you doing? Good. Trump wins South Carolina, beats Nikki 57-42, somewhere around there. Uh, MSNBC says it's a disaster for Trump. Help me understand that. Well, I think they're looking at the numbers and saying 40% of Republicans want someone else, but you're assuming that all the people voting for Haley are Republicans. I think there's a large concerted effort to get Democrats to go out and to cast votes, and you also have a... If you look at the numbers, there's a lot of issues with people changing party affiliations. You have a lot of uh, you know, uh, county election officials getting notices like, hey, I want to change my party affiliation about a month before. I know down here in Florida, we've seen some of that as our primary is coming up not too far away. So I think that's assuming that it's 40 percent of Republicans, which is not true, uh, and that has not been substantiated. I'm, I'm certain it's a significant number of Republicans, of a Democrat, excuse me. Um, but as far as disaster. I, I don't think so. I think that even if you have people that, that Trump isn't the first choice, the overwhelming majority of Republicans are going to cast their vote for the Republican nominee. Right. You know, we got to remember that the majority of Americans, um, you know, if you look at social media as a barometer, it's a very poor gauge of, of how we are as a country because you go out in the world and most people are, you know, moderate to low information voters or, or fairly apolitical or politically apathetic. But, you know, they're going to vote. They're going to cast their vote. If they're a Democrat, they're going to vote for Biden or whoever the nominee is. If they're Republican, they're going to vote for Trump, even if he's not their first choice. So I think come the general time, I think we're looking pretty good. I just can't seem to understand what Nikki Haley's motivation is for staying in this race. She hasn't won a single primary. And and this was her home state. This is the state where she was the governor. If there was one state she was going to win, actually the state she put the most in was New Hampshire, which she lost horribly. Um, she wasn't even a contender in Iowa. And she, in fact, she thought that DeSantis was going to get Iowa, so she put all her eggs in the New Hampshire basket. And then she thought that she had South Carolina in the bag because that's her home state. Well, how humiliating to be defeated in your home state. At some point, Nikki Haley, I understand you're trying to be, you know, vote for a woman. And I, I, playing the identity politics, mind you, doesn't work with the Republican base. Honestly, switch parties. I mean, you're already politically aligned with the Democrats. Uh, and you use the identity thing as well, and you love war. I mean, you, you, you'd probably have a better shot of getting the nomination than uh, than Biden. Yeah, honestly, I think you're right. he'd be, you know, probably primed for that position. So I don't understand what her motivation is for staying in. I mean, we find out that Ron, uh, Romney McDaniel's leaving after Super Tuesday. Nikki Haley says she's staying to at least Super Tuesday. I don't know who's backing her campaign, but she- at this point. I, I don't know where she's getting her money from. She lost. People got to be pulled their donations. All whoa. She lost their her biggest supporter with the Coke Industries. Uh, they pulled out, and, and I don't know how she wings it from here on in. Uh, maybe just to be a spoiler as long as she can. Um, she certainly can't afford the media buys that were going to be required. Yeah, I I think that's the case, and I'm not certain if it's actually going to be. Uh, you know, what the reason is for keeping her in, whether it's money or whether it's to spoil Trump's chances, I don't know. But she's just killing her political future. That's the problem. 
I agree. Uh, let's turn to the Air Force Air uh, Airman Aaron Bushnell set himself ablaze, a self, uh, what is it called? Uh, Immolate himself. Uh, on his own, very extreme act, uh, very graphic to watch, uh, pointless, uh, I believe, and, and tragic at the same time. What's to blame here? Does the Air Force or the military have a, a, a leftist problem? You know, that's a good question. I saw that. I didn't know what to think. I kept thinking about that Rage Against the Machine album cover from when I was in middle school, the yeah. Buddhist doing it. Yeah. And I thought that, um, <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's some pretty sick behavior. Uh, I, I think it's, it, I don't know if I can square, you know, put the blame squarely on the military, the Air Force. I think culturally, and I've seen it, we see it, maybe we just see it a lot because it's, you know, media. But I think we just have a mental health crisis in this country. I don't think we're okay as a people. I just, I don't know what it is. Um, I think COVID really did us in, but I just don't think we're okay as a people. And I think that, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, you know, whether you're freaking out because you know, they didn't give you a ketchup packet at McDonald's, so you trashed the place, uh, whether you're, you know, crapping on a subway, uh, or whether you're lighting yourself on fire in your military uniform, <clears throat> I have no idea uh, you know, what blame, if any, the Air Force has, or whether they're any more culpable than any other institution. I just think as a country, we're, we're not well. I don't think we take care of ourselves. I think we're over-medicated. I think we're diagnosing things and, and creating these uh, illnesses where they don't exist. Um, I mean, you watch TV, there's, there's a medication for everything. And I think you have too many people on these mood stabilizers. And at the same time, I, I just I think social media doesn't help. Oh, yeah. um, and I just think uh, culturally where we are right now, we're just a very sick country. So I think it's just symptomatic of where we are culturally, and it's not particular to the military, although certainly the military has its issues. You have to say, though, that that guy was radicalized, without question, into suicide, and in the most painful way possible. It's pretty tragic. Yeah, but- but, but tragic, but you know, no more radicalized than like these climate people who glue themselves to the road, um, or the the COVID, you know, people who treated it like a religion with the vaccine and the mask and everything. Like, it's just this, it's this sense of belonging. I think one of the things if we really break it down culturally, we look at we have a loneliness epidemic in this country because more and more as people are withdrawing from regular interaction, like the interactions in the childhood and the young adulthoods that we're used to. People don't have that today. They're retreated in their own bubbles. They're on their phones 20 hours a day on social media, and they're not going out. They're not interacting. They're not forming these lasting, impactful relationships that we as humans, as animals, need. We desperately crave that. And people find belonging. They find their sense of purpose in these causes. That's why people glue themselves to the road and set themselves on fire and dye their hair pink and put on 600 pounds and cut their testicles off because it's a sense of belonging to some group. I think if people put the phones down and went out to a bar or a mixer and, like, shook someone's hand and made eye contact and, like, talked to people, I mean, like, I remember when I was in college and I went to a party, I always had a slip of paper and a pen in my pocket in case you meet a girl. Huh. And now, like, I've been out to some bars you know, recently, I guess, where, like, there are groups of young people, and you see them at a table, you're like, oh, they're praying. Wow. Oh, no, they're all on their phones. Like, they do not look up. You go out for dinner with your wife, you look over at a table, there's a couple on a date. They haven't looked up at each other. They haven't made eye contact in 40 minutes. Right. They're sitting there on their phones. It's just, it's really, it's really hurting us as people. We need interaction, and just like we do with everything, we, we can't handle the 
the, the power, the responsibility, the technology. We've screwed up as human beings just about everything we've ever been given. You know, we got the car, oh boy, we get to point A to point B. Now we got DUIs, traffic crashes, road rage. Like we always find to do the worst with what we're given. So I think that these things that we see, and maybe it's more prevalent to the social media because these images and videos are in your face all day, it's just people are yearning to belong to something. And we see that in the political realm, too. I mean, certainly people on the right are not exempt from that. People on the left, it's just you find your tribe. We're tribal creatures, and you want to have belonging. And sometimes when your tribe calls you to do something crazy, you know, you partake in the rituals of your tribe, whether that's cutting your genitals off or setting yourself on fire. You will do what the group demands. Uh, uh, Trump announced sometime last week that he's headed to Eagle Pass on this Thursday. And then shortly after that, Biden also announced he's going to go to the border. This time he's going to Brownsville, which is really not a bad uh, crossing area. Uh, Biden is finally going to the border. What do you make of it? Did Trump make him go to the border? Um, I, I think he can't ignore it anymore. Remember, we're, we're getting into the general season. I mean, there's really there's no primary so he doesn't have to outlast his opponent because you always want to go you know, to the fringier party in the primary and then you come back to the middle. So his people are saying you've got to pivot back to the middle. Uh, illegal immigration it has become an issue for everybody, and especially in these blue cities because they're busing all the migrants there. So, you know, your, your New York, your, your Boston, your Philadelphia, your Chicago voters are now like, hey, you've got to do something. So it's really forcing his hand to do something. Um, but I think anything he does or anything he wants to do or presumes to do is just too little too late. Uh, this should have been done years ago, and we've had seven, eight million people come into this country unvetted. We don't know who they are. Some poor girl, poor girl, uh, Lake and Riley in Georgia yeah. was jogging, lost her life to some scumbag human waste of space that should have never been in the United States, never, ha- never been here. And that's the frustrating thing. I know people like to say, well, crime is crime. No, it's not. We are violent, uh, horrible people sometimes we really are and and crime is a is a part of life we're just atrocious to each other as, as a species but the one type of crime that is 100 percent preventable is crime committed by illegal aliens because if the borders would be enforced if the laws would be enforced if we would actually do what what the u.s code requires law enforcement to do then they wouldn't have had the opportunity to commit the crime because they wouldn't be here so that's what makes it specifically infuriating I took a lot of flack over the weekend because I drew the comparison to George Floyd. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what's the correlation? How dare you? No. George Floyd spawned a movement. Yeah. He, made, he literally and figuratively brought Congress to its knees. Corporate America uh, bent the, the knee to them as well. Um, anything BLM wanted, they got you know, seven months of riots, uh, 25 dead, billions in damage, four coffins, gold caskets, funerals when everybody had to stay home. And this girl who is jogging, minding her own business, in school to be a nurse, to dedicate herself to helping people, is brutally and senselessly murdered and will not spawn a movement, will not bring Congress to their knees, will not do anything more than Joe Biden will have to issue a half-assed, well, my condolences. But I just want to see, you know, look, and i got to take my hat off to the people that, Push the George Floyd, the BLM movement. Well, I disagreed with it and thought it was destructive. You can't deny the fact that it was effective. And right. I just wish that something like this, like the death of a young girl at the hands of someone who had no legal right to be here, could have that impact on government. The government can go, wow, whether they're doing it for altruistic reasons or whether they see some kind of political currency in it, which is certainly what the case with BLM and um, government saw an opportunity to further divide and certainly 
exploit racial grievances to gain uh, political base. But there's no incentive for Congress to do it because they want these people here. And, and people like Lake and Riley are collateral damage. She's a sacrificial lamb because if we can get enough of these people here, well, one day we're going to have a voting block that you cannot penetrate, and we will hold power for the next 100 years. Yeah. And Lake and Riley is just, I'm sorry, it's a tragedy, but, uh, you know, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Right, kind of thing. right. It's just collateral damage along the way. I mean, uh, I'm not going to get a gas lid, articles, uh, uh, and AOC herself, you know, people saying that the open borders is a myth. It's just been uh, something that the right wing has been spreading. And the southern border has never been more fortified. I mean, they say this in the light of a, of a CPB report that our own numbers say 7.3 million illegals uh, in the country and perhaps 1.8 gotaways. So, you know, we're talking 9, 10 million here. And now we're told that it is, it is a hoax. And I, and I suppose it's we're leading up to a general election. Um, what will Biden do between now and the election to make it seem as though he's addressing the border? I think a lot of pomp and circumstance. I think, you know, go to the border, have a press conference, and then that way his press secretary for the next five weeks could say, well, President Biden is taking the border very seriously. He was just down there. And it's kind of like when Pete Buttigieg went to East Palestine, Ohio, and put on a hard hat, and they could come out and say, well, look, he cares. He was there. Well, you know, he, he was there and, and move on. And it's just the appearance, like when Kamala Harris went years ago and never looked back, just to get that photo off, just to give the illusion that he's doing something. When I mean, the border, it, look, if I were king of the world, the border would be closed. And not just closed, I would put a moratorium on all immigration, legal, asylum, illegal. We are full. We are at capacity as a country, and, I, and I'm and i sorry if you've been trying to do it right and waiting in line for the last 15 years, but we just don't have the bandwidth for it. We, we can't take you. We don't have the resources for it, and frankly, it's just too damn dangerous. We don't know who these people are. We need a better vetting process, and until we get that together, until we really shore up that immigration infrastructure, we got to say no more. And we've just reached a critical mass where we just can't take any more. And unfortunately, our government disagrees with that sentiment on both sides. Uh, AOC seems to believe that if we were just to hermetically seal the border right now, that we would be committing economic suicide by not allowing you know millions and millions to pour through our uh, our you know over our porous border. Um, but you need to look much further than, than Chicago or New York City to know that there's real suffering there and real suffering by the citizens there. Uh, and it's been enabled by these blue cities and their sanctuary city laws. And, and that, that seems to, you know, going to continue for at least the next year. You see it into it before then? I mean, I, Biden has hinted, uh, Biden hinted that he may take some executive action here. Uh, but, but I, I can only guess that'll be executive action of just making this, what we're experiencing every month now, normal and anything beyond it may be an emergency. Well, that, that's the thing. And that's why the whole bipartisan bill is saying like 5,000 per day, which is like, whoa, that's 5,000 too many. Right. Uh, and, and you had Republicans very much on board with that. Uh, and, and the bottom line is that, you know, we're effectively going to enable 150,000 people to come here a month. It's over a million per year. That's not that's not stopping the flow. It's like, you know, we're slowing it down. But we need to stop it. And not only stop it, I mean, we got to stop the bleeding. But what about the people who are here, the millions and millions who are here who are unvetted, living in the shadows, criminals? There needs to be a mass deportation effort to remove people that, 
are dangerous. That you know, we as a sovereign nation have a right to determine who enters our country. I and and the worst part about it is if you saw this going the other direction, if you saw like a mass exodus of like Germans going into Syria, you go, oh my god. These white Europeans are going to destroy their beautiful culture. Yeah. Like every nation on earth has the right to preserve its sovereignty and its culture. The German culture is as beautiful and as historic as the Syrian, as the and Mexican, as the American. We all have this uniqueness, and it seems like when it comes to this woke ideology, yeah. diversity means anyone except Americans. Like Americans, like you will suffer the brunt of it, and you don't get to be included in this. And to hell with your country, to hell with your culture. Your oppressive colonizers, and, and that's why teaching that, perpetuating those myths, leads to policy like this, where you can undercut American culture and say, "Well, you know, America doesn't deserve a culture; it doesn't deserve a country of its own because it's built on stolen land." So that being said, let anyone in here, and next thing you know, I, you know well, you're not going to recognize this country. And, and again, the stuff that's happening, and you know, poor young girls, 22 year old you know, Lake and Riley, you're going to see that. You're going to see that a lot because we don't have a secure border. And we don't have a government that prioritizes people like her. I, the guy who murdered her is a priority, and, well, and people like him. Um, you see it in, in France already, and, and, in, and in England as well, how literally the culture is changing before their very eyes in areas of town they can no longer go into. And in France, it's people from African uh, uh, immigrants there. Uh, and, and Italy, the same way. Um, do you think the country, those other countries, uh, will stand up? To, I mean, because they have a lot more older culture to protect than we do, um, it may, may be a little easier to, uh, you know, to assuage people about about our protecting our culture because it's a little bit more of a melting pot, at least in theory. But France and England and Italy, I, I, you know, these are countries that have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and thousands of years of history to protect. Will they do it? No, no. Europe is lost. Europe is gone. Um, I don't anticipate Europe coming back, and I think they're now. You know, he, we need to heed their warnings because this started happening in 2015 in Europe. And, you know, nine years later, you know, England's gone, uh, France is gone, Germany's gone, uh, Italy's on the way. Uh, there's no recovery because they're continuing to come in. Um, the average migrant family is having like eight children, whereas Europeans are having like one. So they're just ultimately just being just, just you know, outbursts. And their beautiful cultures that have every right to exist and flourish, same as any other culture, are being extinguished. Uh, and that's uh, wrong no matter which culture you come from. So I think what's happening now, what's happened over the last four years, is basically repeating what happened in Europe in, in 2015. And if, you know, I, I, we're going to get to a point of no return where you could steal off the border, but there's already so many of them here, and, and life and culture in America has changed so much, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, in many respects, and it's not just the immigration issue, I think American culture and, and this idea, this, you know, this guilt that Americans don't feel that they have a right to defend their culture because they've been told that that's wrong. But I, I do, you know, I think this pendulum is coming back the other way. It's just my hope it's not too late. Yeah, amen. Uh, Eric Matheny, thank you very much. Uh, catch Eric where you get your social media, at Eric M. Matheny, and don't miss the Bob and Eric Save America podcast. Uh, Eric, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Thanks. Oh, yeah, we got to call him about the, uh, the new lineup, new change. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, when we return, women are psychopaths. We know this. Oh, yeah. But apparently it's worse than we thought.
Hang on. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. That woman beat the brakes off of me. I never disrespected my mother after that, ever. Wait a minute. So you're saying if we hold these parents accountable and that it's going to suddenly prevent them from doing it, these kids are going to look at it as, man, mom and dad are going to take the fall with me. Mother would spank harder than dad did. That learned us real quick. What happened to the times where your parents look at you and you straighten up? Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Chris Domine is a husband, father, an athlete, even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris's kidneys were failing. The doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant, you are going to die. Chris received a second chance, made possible by an organ donor. Your well-being changes from loss of hope to better times ahead. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. ice cream it's been a while since we've seen him out getting some ice cream oh he must have uh, had a good weekend they rewarded him yeah he did something he uh you know got a good merit gold sticker on something here he is when he also predicts that the uh, war in gaza should be over by the end of the weekend well i hope by the, the beginning of the weekend i mean the end of the weekend at least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. By next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire. I love the couple clips I got, though. He just so badly yeah. just wants to eat the ice cream. He just wants to eat that ice cream. That's he keeps putting it up to his lips, do. and they keep asking him questions. He puts it down, he gets that angry look like a child does when yeah. you tell him they can't have it yet. Where... Is that a normal size ice cream cone? That's a two scooper, maybe a three scooper. That's pretty. It's a seems like a lot of uh, sugar for an old dude to be eating. Uh, here is a uh, uh, another clip from the ice cream shop. He claims he had no idea President Trump was scheduled a trip to the border. I've been planning to go Thursday. What I didn't know is uh, my good friend apparently is going. Will you meet your migrants while you're there, Mr. President? Well, I'm not going to announce ahead of time. Secret Service doesn't like me announcing exactly. Well, 
I don't get anywhere near those little dirty brown children. Except we know exactly where he's going to be. It's going to be in like, Brownsville. Yeah, it's not, it's not like he's announcing. And I don't know. I don't see Brownsville ever being reported as a hotspot of, uh, you know, major crossing. Also, I don't expect him to be handshaking people coming across the border. So, hey, Welcome to America. Here's a check. It's my screen right here. <laughs> Vote blue. Here you go. <laughs> More women may be psychopaths than previously thought. That worries me. Yeah. See, the, the problem, this guy, Dr. Clive Bodie, he said, you know, when you assess psychopathy in males or females, uh, there are excuses towards obvious male traits, but the, he says female psychopathy is more subtle. They're not, you know, as availably identifiable. And so when it comes to a typ- typical psychopath, um, like the dude from American Psycho, that may come to mind, but according to, to Dr. Bodie, the number of women with a neuropsychiatric disorder could be far greater than previously thought. Generally, have a lack of empathy and guilt, exhibit antisocial behavior, uh, lie frequently, and are ruthless, narcissistic, and manipulative. They're after money, power, and control. Uh, while the idea of psychopaths as violent antisocial criminals has given way to more nuanced view of them, uh, Bodhi among them uh, are, are those that argue that they're often found in big business. The idea they're mostly male has remained, but he says the behavior of female psychopaths seems to be subtle enough and less obvious than male psychopaths, and therefore they're not as rec- they're not recognized as much. I can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Small mounting body of evidence describes female psychopaths as prone to expressing violence verbally rather than physically, with violence being of a relational and emotional nature, more subtle, less obvious than expressed by male psychopaths. Um, more problematic is the, the assessment test used to identify psychopaths, known as the LSRP, was skewed towards identifying the disorder in men. There you have it. They just don't, you know, they're, they're under the radar, psycho. You know. Is and, that and, a surprise? No, it's not. And you don't really care because the sex is phenomenal. And you're like, well, all right, so it's a little psycho, you know. And then one day, bam. Knife to your throat. <laughs> there could be a 10. Some estimates have suggested in the past there could be a 10 to 1 ratio of male to female psychopaths. But his work using LSRP says the figures were very different. He said it's one-to-one. We got your number, ladies. I don't think Heather's a psychopath. You sure about that? Um, no, I'm not. I laughing out there. I'm so. not 100% sure I'm not. Are you? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> I might have known a couple of women, but but anyway, I'm not going to impugn anyone's character on this program. Um, it doesn't, you know, what I mean by calculated and under the, you know, uh, they're just as likely to lie in a situation they can get away with it uh, for very targeted reasons, and um, they don't care how bad they hurt you. There's no empathy there whatsoever. 
women in the workplace are very, very... And they, they fly under this protection of, I'm a woman, or mm. I'm a single mother, I'm a Yeah, they know what they're doing, though. Oh, absolutely they do. They play that card every chance they get. I can tell you a story. I'll tell you in a break. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we uh, dip into the remarks from, uh, yes. from the Florida Man radio app? And powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats, the app is uh, a great way to listen to this show on your terms. We post it nightly. That's why you got yesterday's show guy, uh, which we don't mind at all. Uh, down at the bottom of the, on the on the front page is a little microphone. You tap that baby. You've got thirty seconds to. You don't need to use them all. I don't know. I need to reiterate that. But there we go. Hey, there's no fear in getting your phone calls in on the Shannon Burke Show. Area with this new high output area frequency they're going to have. Area, get a pen out now. Write this down. Area. It's 1-800-LIBERAL-LARRY'S MOTHER'S HOUSE. That's the back door number. What a number it is. We don't know if we're going to change the number or not because we don't really give it out much here. Uh, yes, I do believe the number will change. It will? Yes. All right. Maybe we'll give it out more. Over there. I mean, we're in a, uh, an age that you put it in your phone and it's saved forever. You just put it under Florida Man Radio. Right. And, and, and because 1031 here in Orlando is the same frequency as our uh, Fort Walton Beach yeah, affiliate. It's magical. It is absolutely magical. Hey, guys. About the penis in the sky. Um, I didn't really catch where that was, if it was in the U.S. or another country. But if it was in another country that uh, doesn't do circumcision, imagine how much. Uh, extra work that would take. <laughs> you got to illustrate all the folds and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's pretty impressive. This one was uh, indeed circumcised. Yeah, Ohio. I believe, yeah. Shannon, Easy Heather, KP here. Yeah, it just, man, this whole generation, I've never seen so much wishy-washiness in my entire life. Nobody seems to have a core value of what is right and wrong anymore. Same gullible society, just like uh, Hitler and Joseph Goebbels brainwashed uh, with the Nazis. And everybody just went along with it and thought, oh, times are happy and good. Well, they're not. And don't see them getting better anytime soon. Hmm. And hearing you guys talk about combat sports and injuries, I was with my son watching a amateur boxing in Tampa this weekend and one of the fighters got sent in the ambulance to the hospital they were doing chest compressions you name it we still don't even know what happened to them it's it's scary that this type of thing can happen to anyone at any time you just never know you just never know yeah. be do. what Damn, Eric's remarks just reminded me when I played goalkeeper. Uh, I was playing semi-pro, the we started and um, there was a 50-50 ball, uh, and I went out to grab it, and the, right before the guy just tipped the ball over my shoulder, and damn it, he scored on me, but his knee went right into the chest. Man, radio network. What's going and on I thought radio. I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't draw a breath. It was Look. He almost died. Rest in peace, Golden Richards. Great cowboy. 
I didn't know Golden Richards had died. I, I once signed an autograph. But my hair was longer. I was in Austin at some convention thing. Emmett Smith was there. They're signing some sports convention. I was just in the bathroom taking a leak. Some little kid came in and said, hey, Golden Richards. <laughs> Who signed my football? I said, certainly, kid. <laughs> I had sex with your mom, Golden Richards. <laughs> hey, Shannon. It's over 90 degrees in Texas today. So, uh, I mean, I guess climate change is here. But uh, hold on, wait. The actual high record was in 1904. Sure, they had a lot of tractor trailers back then. Uh, yeah, I talked to my dad the other uh, the other day. It was cool, but it was going to get hot, and it was going to get cool. Same thing here. So clearly, that uh, pilot that drew the uh, penis in the sky with his flight path mm-hmm. is clearly racist because it wasn't a black penis. Beedo beedo. Hey yo. Penis in the sky. Come on. Shannon, you're killing me with the surge pricing thing. Um, it's just capitalism, but do you not remember uh, cell phones when it was unlimited to talk after like 9 o'clock? But if you talked during the day, it was like a, a $5 a second practically. B2B2. Right, but uh, that was quickly... That didn't last long. I, I do remember that though, because my, uh, you know, I've known my wife since high school, and it was definitely that. Like, hey, you text and be like, all right, uh, text me after nine, because that's when it would go to be free. So, Shannon, just to let you know, vinyl also has a inherent value. Some John Coltrane records sell for about a thousand dollars. Vinyl is the best way to listen to music, and it's very well appreciated. I'm not knocking vinyl. I think it's fine. I think it's hysterically funny that the younger kids that are people that are buying vinyl today because it's hip don't have a record player. Yeah. Don't have a turntable. Enjoy it. If you're going to buy vinyl, buy vinyl, get the right speakers, get the right player. Get an app. Get all that fun stuff that actually lets you hear, <laughs> listen to it instead of just a box of vinyls. We just had a surprise birthday party for my buddy up in northern Minnesota. And the music that we listened to was all from albums. We had about 250 to 300 of them. It was awesome. We got to pick through them. You could see all the old album covers. Love the album of the cars with the lady in the scantily clad black see-through lingerie. Bidu bidu. Hey there, Boyos. Johnny Boy in Fort Walton Beach. Uh, You guys are talking about the vinyls, and I do have many DJ friends that prefer such things because, well, it's just a kind of an artistry and performance thing. Uh, As EG was saying, yes, it is the artistry of the actual covers that do present something there, but it's also about the performance. You can do it live. You can mix things better. You can scratch on it. And, of course, mixing things together is all that much better than live performances. Beedle, beedle. But I'm not going to walk, walk, walk into my house. I'm going to put a Coltrane album on and sit there and listen to it. Yeah, but there is uh, an artistry to an actual DJ that knows how to uh, I get it. switch. Yo, I, I, I totally respect that genre. Instead Absolutely. Of the, the DJs that know how to, okay, I'm going to uh, slide up a uh, left side that has uh, Spotify playing and my right side that has my <laughs> iTunes playing. Absolutely. I have to, uh, immense respect for those people that can do that. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible talent. Record stores are a magical place. What a fantastic job for your stepson to have. 
as in particular that he he loves uh, loves it, and it's not just a job. Um, when you were telling the story, I was leaving a thrift store. I popped into and I had nine pieces of vinyl. I'm one of those people that has well a lot, thousands really. Why do people call it pieces of vinyl? I mean, it's like that could be imply uh, like you broke a record into nine. I've had nine pieces of vinyl here. It's just weird. Hey, Shando, have you ever thought of having your brother on for a debate on the issues? Yes. And secondly, on that folding car, I wonder how well it corners at 55 in its skinny state. I have. He won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the skinny state only went 35. 24. Yeah, 20, yeah we yeah. were way reduced in the skinny set. <laughs> because of obvious reasons. I don't have a problem with changing pricing for demand. Like, you know, our local hose, by the time they've been used a few times, the price goes down. Hey, what's up, Shando? Heather, easy. You know who it is. Yeah, Shando, man, my dad, when I was a little kid uh, back in the 70s, 76, real to real was it. And he loved his jazz music. He loved his vinyl. But his real to real was it. And I'm going to tell you something. Us kids knew better than to touch it. You didn't touch any of his equipment. Probably had about $4,000 worth of stuff. Great show, guys. Be do be do. I started in radio in 1995, and you had a reel. And when people say, you, you, you have a reel? These days, is it, do you have an, uh, you know, a thumb drive with your, MP3, your stuff on it? But I really had a, a reel. And uh, you, I cut commercials on the reel. I would have to cut it and put the tape on it. And then I had a uh, reel to reel at the house that I would put long play music on. But uh, yeah, that's long gone. Maybe that's what they meant when they're talking about the spirit of Aloha. That would definitely stop a criminal in tracks. And, and watch out, easy. I think Shannon just set you up there. I would never, ever take a dookie on a desk, and that means it's going to have to go to you, man. So you keep your eye on Shando. <laughs> I mean, if I have to, I'll do it. But I've never, I've never had an opportunity where I ever considered it. Let's put it that way. They do say aloha means goodbye, hello, and dookie on a desk. So. <laughs> the word is immolate, not immolate. And I say immolate? Sorry. Uh, the correction line is open, sir. Why don't you just say set himself on fire? Because it's what is it uh, not? I mean, intelligent enough to say uh, set you, himself on fire. When you say you mean self himself? immolate sounds awesome. So. Yeah. Where were you twelve years ago today when Trayvon Martin was shot in Sanford? Bidu bidu. Uh, can't remember. I was working in Tampa. I do know. Well, how are we going to do it? You know, with Nikki Haley, I, I, she's already been taking money from Democrats. So what's to say that Soros ain't funding her? I wouldn't doubt it. She's that deep state. Nah, she ain't no good. Beady beady. I agree. Shannon, just be uh, be aware of those new parking spots are marked for a motorcycle, you're good. But if they're marked for bicyclists, and then bicyclists see your motorcycle sitting there, be careful, man. Those four or five guys 
might come looking for you, and they're, they're going to kick your ass. I'm pretty happy with it, but I was so shocked when I showed up today. Yeah, it was obviously motorcycle. It was more like uh, Kawasaki yeah, helmet yeah. motorcycle yeah, than a bicycle. Definitely, yeah, yeah metrics, yeah. What's up, fellas? Yeah, so that's a question I got, right? I mean, obviously, we're blaming the Democrats for the, the immigration because they want voters. But when you look at the world, right, they, they, they've been trying to, to do this to Europe and, and then flooding them with immigrants. Like, So it, it's a globalist objective. They don't care about Democrat voters or not. They're just trying to destroy, like, powerful comp- countries and get them broken so that they can easily take over, right? So, I mean, wh- which is it here? What, what's the stronger motivation? That's it. Hey, don't you think Biden's just going down the border because Jill said there was a bunch of breakfast tacos down there <laughs> and he loves breakfast tacos? Some diverse breakfast tacos, as I recall. Yeah, right? He was looking for gelato. <laughs> Come on. Hey, it's Sparky. What? Does President Biden realize that his national security advisor is Jake Sullivan, the biggest idiot on the planet? Do you be do? Hey, Shannon, I don't think Heather's a psychopath. The women I think are psychopaths are the ones that want to find a dead body on the side of a road. <laughs> I mean, come on. I got some things to tell you. Uh. Hey, Shannon, you just took <laughs> white privilege forgery to a whole new level. Hope you're proud of yourself. I don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. If you listen to your record, though, doesn't that take the resale value? Like, you know, the, like everything else, if you use it, it goes down in value. Those are uh, miles on the car, right? Uh, yeah, but you want that listen to sound. Well, you, you don't buy rec. I mean, people that I knew that had collected records, they didn't buy them because of their value and like to, to consider them an investment for perhaps one day selling them. It was because they had the, the ability to listen to any song they wanted to at any time. Right. Uh, yeah, very rarely do you find uh, unopened vinyls still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very rarely. Oh, I have a turntable in the kitchen, so I can spin while I'm cooking. Nice. I have a turntable. Kitchen. Shannon, I collect vinyl. I probably have over 500, if not more, records. I got a whole closet full. But I also play them right. I have a Dolby Atmos sound system it's more than a thousand watts i'm not sure exactly but i know it's more than that it was a 500 dollars sound system and i make sure they sound fantastic my wife doesn't understand she's like why don't you get one of these crosley cruisers it's portable yeah but it sounds like crap mm. yeah i knew superfan mike was big on that really oh yeah hmm. he's got a crosley what he's got a uh, well he doesn't want one. Oh, okay I thought the Techniques was the, that's what I had. A Techniques, I forget the numbers, but it was like the go-to uh, turntable that everybody wanted. Yo, dude, just wanted to say I smoked about nine pieces of vinyl this morning, man. Holy crap. Woo. I've heard piece of vinyl. It just sounds weird to me. The FDC has no right to step in and sit there and say that Kroger's cannot merge with Alberson. Alberson. That's off topic. It's I, me, Donald Trump. I wanted to tell you that I've got vinyl at home. Melania likes to wear it around the house. She's got a ball gag. And also, 
zippers and special places. Hey boys, Heather. So back in 2019 when I was getting my private pilot certificate, I showed up to the hangar one day and I asked my instructor, I said, hey, do you know how they people draw stuff in the sky? And he said, oh yeah, you get on Google Maps, you do this, you do that. He said, I'll tell you what, we'll go out and do one. So we went out to practice area and did our turns and stuff, come back and looking at it. Yep, sure enough, it was a penis. He already had that one loaded up, ready to go, just itching for somebody to ask. <laughs> hey guys, Randy, talking about reel-to-reels and vinyl. Of course, you know, I have the vinyl or uh, turntable and giant speakers and the 70s vintage hi-fi system in my office there. But I have... On a reel-to-reel, when I was on the air, when the Gulf War broke out. And I'd love to hear it, but now I have no way at all to listen to it. Oh. I used to put my show on cassettes. Ugh. Some poor unlucky bastard bought my house and also found them in the attic. (laughs) I had 20 pieces of disco vinyl. And when I glued them back together, it sounded way better. (laughs) Don't they say that immolation is the sincerest form of flattery? <laughs> Thank you. I'm pretty amused that Sparky doesn't know how to identify now. Uh... Hey guys, if they get this whole New World Order thing going, will they ever figure out when they get it, if they did get it together, who's going to run it? That'll be a fight. I'm talking about those 50% of people you're laughing at about not being able to listen to it. Maybe they're not on purpose because they want his mementos. Techniques SL 1500. Yeah, that was it. The SL 1500, baby. Nope. Harman <clears throat> head and Sherwin Vega speakers. You want to blow your mind or blow your hoo-ha, it'll do both. Beater, beater. <laughs> uh, one last one. I often wonder if Kate's a little psycho with the shower in the background, kind of like Alfred Hitchcock style. Yes. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe so. Those are the remarks. <clears throat> Thank you. You did not, uh, 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 you know. Disappoint today. Download the app. It's powered by Morris Family Farms and Morganic Meats. We'll take our final break here and come back to wrap it up for you. It's the Shannon Burke Show on the Florida Man Radio Network. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. 23% of elites are not doing well under Joe Biden. They're elites. Shouldn't they be doing well? The elites, they're the ones that are taxing us, saying they can't pay us minimum wage so we can have a living. These are the people that are killing the middle and the bottom wage people. The elites who think government are doing a great job because they're part of the government. You guys are dumb over there. Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. How do you get your Florida Man Radio fix? In the car, on your radio at 105.5 FM. And in crystal clear HD audio on your HD radio at 103.1 HD3. In the office or working from home, we're streaming live at floridamanradio.com. Or on your Alexa device by saying play 105.5 Florida Man Radio. Out and about, listen live, anytime, anywhere on the free Florida Man Radio app. Florida Man Radio is everywhere. Everywhere. A veteran's hope. Where are you hiding? 
I search for you in the seconds, the minutes of each and every day. Hear me as I call out to you. Take my hand. Lift me up as I lift up others. Welcome me home, father, mother, sister, brother, son, daughter. Hear us now. Alone we stood, divided we fell. No longer. Now we choose to make the connection. Our new mission lies within. Visit maketheconnection.net to learn more. Okay, men. This is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. I'll go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs at the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day, someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ, eye, and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet, that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Go to pva.org to learn more. So much studies, so many studies about penis length, average length, what's good, what's bad, what's... Uh, and so many studies over the years have claimed that pollution is shrinking penises. Well, I've got good news. They're only getting larger. Uh, the average male penis length has only increased over the last uh, 30 years. Uh, researchers conclude that women don't place considerable emphasis on a large phallus, believe it or not. Uh, but they they do say that it's it's concerning that they're getting bigger on average because of Various environmental factors and uh, you know, products that you use, hygiene products, maybe pesticides. Um, 
But I do think one of the most uh, shocking revelations here in this review is they were very revealing, showing that penis girth trumps length in importance when it comes to women's preferences. Mm -hmm. It's girth. Well, people are bragging about length. I mean, what about, you know. There's a difference between sell, throwing a sizable brat and a you know a bun length hot dog. So, yes, mm-hmm. I got you. <laughs> Took me a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're concerned. Uh, you know, they assumed they would see a decline in length, but they found the opposite, uh, and they want to determine the cause of the changes. Uh, maybe they they think it's uh, a bad thing. Thanks, pesticides. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to run home right now and kill some bugs and some stuff in my yard. <laughs> That's it for us today. Thank you, Easy. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you. Uh, thank you to this audience. Um, don't forget, we're moving to 1031. Big FM signal in the Orlando area next Monday on the 4th. Tell your friends. Uh, we're back tomorrow, 3 Eastern, 2 Central. Bubba the Love Sponge gets the network kicking in the morning, a national treasure. And then Don Miller after that. One of the funniest men on your radio. We'll see you tomorrow on the Florida Man Radio Network. I'm Shannon Burke. Have a good night.